0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Happy Monday. What is going on with the weather? I thought it was going to be mostly sunny. Well, we will have some scattered showers today. Small kind. Just a beautiful day to keep us all green. All right. Where do we go today? Hope you had a great weekend. Happy Juneteenth. Today is Juneteenth, marking the end of slavery in the U.S. in 1865. It's also known as Freedom Day. I like Freedom Day better than Juneteenth i don't and know I do why too. june t- sounds- Juneteenth doesn't roll
1: off the tongue as easy maybe it's freedom day but freedom both-
0: day is to, to me is more of what it's all about but it's sure. the uh the name is a combination of june and 19th obviously uh the day in 1865 when general uh gordon granger arrived in galveston texas and announced that all enslaved people were free president biden made it a national holiday in 2021 so If you're a federal employee, congratulations. You got another day off. How about that? Good job. Great. And it is a a very important day, of course. Yeah. So your uh, federal offices and courts and post offices closed today. Uh, Banks and public schools are closed. Um, Same with a lot of state and municipal offices, courts, and the DMV are closed. Uh, I got to check to see how it is here in Hawaii. Uh, You know, your malls and everything else will be uh, just fine. Anyway. Uh, top three things you need to know going on into work today in the world of sports. Well, the, the first one's a question. Is San Diego State gone from the Mountain West?
1: It appeared so on Friday. It still appears that they intend to leave, and they had to make this declaration by July 1st, or the exit fee would have been a lot higher. Doubled, I, yeah. It would, yeah, it would have been an incredibly, um, an incredible amount higher, so that makes sense in that aspect. <laughs> Uh, still, when we heard the news Friday, we're thinking, okay, Pac-12, I even reached out to some coaches, no response. But now we hear there's no conference that officially has invited
0: them yet. So, yeah, yeah. where are they going? Where are they headed? <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. Uh, we got some uh, more uh, 2024 recruits over the weekend for University of Hawaii football, which we believe is 68 days away.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it last week about this time, and Timmy Chang building for the 2024 class with these local recruits, three more over the weekend after visiting their official visits for the University of Hawaii. Edge rusher Noah Wiley of St. Louis, uh, linebacker Alika, and uh, maybe Tanner can help me out in the middle name, Kavako, <laughs> Kavako Amoy. And then the one we see today that I wasn't aware of, 6'4, 300 pound, senior to be, old lineman, a guard to be at UH, a guard at UH from Campbell High School. And his name is Tavui. T- 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 v-? uh, let me just get a Tavui, v- Joshua. I didn't have his first name. Joshua Tavui, 6'4, 300 from Campbell. Love the size. Love that dev- Timmy's getting him built for 2024
0: already. Kavaco is a hard name for you. Right. No, I, mean, I got it right. All oh, those darn short. Portuguese names—I can never get those correct. Anyway, we can get more into that, but it's—it's uh, uh, it's, what's really exciting is, man. A couple of months from now, we're playing football. Yeah, I mean, little
1: over two well, months—not us. Yeah, <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, but and Camp will start even sooner, of course. Camp will start, I believe, it's the 26th or 27th of July. Little over a month. So we know the summer is like this every time basketball ends. We still have baseball, but football is getting closer and closer, and the excitement builds with Timmy Chang and his staff getting all these local recruits to stay home for this year and the upcoming season. And
0: congratulations to a second-time winner on the PGA Tour, 29-year-old Wyndham Clark. Windy does it. Wins by one shot over Rory McIlroy. Was Rory was second? I was watching. Yes, I watched yes, the whole, yes. almost the whole replay um last night on the golf channel but uh, that was a great that's a great great story i was rooting hard and i think a lot of the country for ricky fowler to win his first major he hasn't won in about i think six years rory mcelroy hasn't won in rory mcelroy hasn't won since like 2011 or something like that when it comes yeah. to majors it's been a long drought and he looks like he is um if he was a fruit, he'd be right for the picking because Rory McIlroy was—he was—he was making a hard charge with no fear. But um, Wyndham Clark, I, what I was hoping for, I got, and it seems. Well, this is why the stars are stars in the PGA Tour. You'll see some guys, you know, like Oh Patrick Reed and John Rahm. Actually, John Rahm made a pretty hard charge. Uh, uh, yesterday uh, had a pretty good day yesterday but it was already out of it but you'll see at the top of the leaderboard and let me pull up this uh, leaderboard from yesterday from the U.S. Open so what I was hoping for is you had some stars battling it out at the end and maybe one or two guys that you didn't know much about and that guy and I'd be happy with the stars winning I would love the story of Ricky Fowler because he's such a good guy but As soon as he was leading on Friday, I thought, oh, no, he can't hold on for – he can't go wire to wire, no way. He went for three days, (laughs) and then he was pressing himself a little bit. Oh, Scotty Scheffler was starting to make a run yesterday too. So the top of the leaderboard uh, looks like this. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who they call Fairway Jesus, uh, along with Min Woo Lee, unknown guy, Ricky Fowler, known guy, Cameron Smith, known guy, Scotty Scheffler, number 1 golfer in the world, Rory McIlroy, probably the most popular golfer uh, next to Tiger Woods in the world, and then Wyndham Clark. So you had a good mix of stars and great stories. The story of Wyndham Clark is it's nobody I think everybody expected. And this is I'm not I'm just reading about him or hearing about him. Everybody expected this out of Wyndham Clark years ago. Wyndham Clark was at uh, Oklahoma State, and his mom passed away, and his world came crashing down. He left Oklahoma State. um, No coincidence, that's where Ricky Fowler, of course, is from. Well, a lot of great golfers go to Oklahoma State. But anyway, uh, he was at Oklahoma State. His mom passed away when she was 55. I believe it was cancer. And, uh, you know, his world just came crashing down. He transferred to Oregon, but he was such a good golfer in college that people thought, you know, this guy is going to be unreal. Well, he won a month ago for the first time, and his second win is at L.A. Country Club, and you saw how incredibly difficult that course was. Now, if you don't, it's hard to, to watch on, not hard to watch, but it's hard to judge on television greens. When we see those greens, they all look flat to us. Maybe you can see a little bit of a shelf that they might have to get up or down on the, uh, as far as the greens go. But you can't see, I mean, you'll see the guy, it looks like it's flat, right? And the guy just touches the ball, and it travels eight feet, right, on some of these downhill putts. Other ones, it looks like a straight putt. They're putting uphill, and they're whacking it, and it's still coming up short. The rough is also, you can see when the balls fall in the rough, and you can't see the ball. If you don't play golf, you don't know how hard it is to, number one, get it out of there. And number two, get it out of there with an accurate shot, because even though that grass isn't like up to their knees, it might as well be, because the the type of grass they have is, and you, you got you golfers know if you go to Coppolae or Coral Creek and some other places here, it just grabs you, where a duffer like me, if I sw- swing hard out of my shoes, I could I could break my shoulder. Well, break <laughs> but isn't it, the goal just to get it out? Isn't the main goal just to get it out of there? Well, no, not on the – for me, yeah. Okay. (laughs) We call it taking your medicine. Just hit it out back on the fairway some way and and live to hit another shot. With these guys, you know, once it goes in the rough, they're going, okay, I hope I par. Not going to score, hope I par. It's almost like that. Not necessarily. But anyway, it's it's, it's just tough. Even sometimes you can see the ball. And you saw a couple of guys try and chip from the, the edge of the green, and the ball went about, I don't know, six inches. I mean, these guys just got caught a couple of times, and it looked like it looked like it looked like me at Royal Cunia on Saturday. It really did. And some of these shots, they became so human. But what a beautiful! That's part of the fun of watching golf too is looking at the golf course they're playing at. A couple of people I know, Brooks Kepka was one. He went into Pouty Brooks uh, mode again <laughs> uh, because he wasn't doing well, so he was snapping at a few people. But it was he was doing the. I'm not a fan of this golf course. It's like, it's challenging. Everyone's playing the same golf course as you. Don't blame it on the golf course. That, that's a you problem, Brooksy. But the um, the, so many of those the greens are hidden where you'll see a guy hit it and then run, you know, sprint off to the left to see where it landed, or sprint off to the right, right. or run up a hill to see where it landed. I mean, that was incredible with 290, par three. 78 par three with basically no room to land, and that's what you—that's why you watch professional golf. There's—it looks like there's nine yards. There's 78 yards away, and you got to the 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 green is like nine yards uh, deep. You got to hit it past that green and and spin it back to the hole. That's the only way to stay on the green. Ah. It's protected by a lot of rough and sand and um if you hit it on the green and don't spin it it's just going to roll off into the sand. So you think oh 78 yards that's nothing for these guys. Well it wasn't I mean you know a lot of guys you know handled it but uh, boy that's that was that was amazing to watch. Uh, it's a typical US Open course. It was amazing. So congratulations to Wyndham Clark a life-changing day. I always say that. A life-changing day for Wendy yesterday. Couple of things. He made 3.6
1: million yesterday, and I, re- I saw wow. last night on SportsCenter Center that his I think his from the two tournaments he's won, the Wells Fargo one he just won recently, uh-huh. he's got a, uh, earnings of 7.2 million, which means the Wells Fargo would have paid him 3.6. So he can retire after these first two tournaments <laughs> and live the rest of his life comfortably. But it, it was a cool story to see what he had done. And I remember on Friday you were reading re- reading the leaderboard. And there were a few names, and I was kind of half joking, saying we're not going to see these names. We never, we always hear him on Thursday or maybe Friday, and then we don't hear him again. He was one of those names. And as you just said a few minutes ago about having one of those other stories besides the, you know, the stars, he was that guy. And, you know, for that sense, I was really happy for him, reading about his story and everything he's endured. But I did feel bad for Rory. It's been almost a decade now since he's won a major. That's really something for a guy who was considered one of the best golfers of his, not of his oh, era. He's so still, much
0: he is—he's still considered one of the best golfers. But not winning in a, in ten years—that's that's, that's well, a major, a major, a major. Yeah, uh, I haven't won a major in a, in a long. I think it's been more than ten years. I saw it was coming up. On saw a ten years? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that—that's—I had to read that twice because I thought that was a little surprising
1: Man. to say the least. But I'm glad I it was dramatic, he's... and I'm, I just felt bad for Rory.
0: Yeah, they I. <laughs> <laughs> his, his consolation prize, this is a check for a $2.16 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned Ricky Fowler.
1: Uh, you know, he. I, I like the way he handled it yesterday after the round where yeah. he just, I just didn't have it today. You know, I did really good for three days, didn't have it today, nothing else I can say, but I really like how my year is going and I've been really yeah. close. So I like how he handled it, you know, trying to look at the positives of, of it. And it seems like he does have a lot of positives with the way he's playing right now
0: yeah and I mean it's it's a process he has I mean he's been really bad for so long up until this year I don't know how many top tens he's had and uh, that kind of stuff but um he was uh it was you know that's what that's why you root for guys like Ricky Fowler and some people have a problem with guys like Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka Patrick Reed is I mean Brooks Kepka you imagine if that was Brooks Kepka that lost. He, would, he would've got he would have gotten poor old Todd Lewis or one of the guys interviewing and him, put him in a headlock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like gosh. He, Yeah, he wouldn't have been as positive, I guess, uh that's for sure. <laughs> he, no.
0: But, yeah. I was rooting for Tony Finau. He kinda blew up on the last day. Uh Tony Finau only got a hundred thousand dollars. But how's he gonna treat his family? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Patrick Reed only got forty four thousand. He was way at the bottom. Way at the bottom.
0: Yeah, but he got $100 million from Liv, so he's doing okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. He had a 78
1: on Saturday, I believe. Ooh. That man. did him. But at least, you know, some of the good big names
0: didn't even make the cut, like a Jordan Spieth and some of the others. So, yeah. Hideki Matsuyama struggled in this tournament. I was hoping that he would uh, do a little better. He's been struggling a little bit. Um, uh, My good friend, uh, I'll introduce <laughs> you one day to Sahith Sigala. He was plus two, but he got 143000 Tied for 27, but, but uh, Austin Eckrode, I don't know if you um, caught that name yesterday. Nobody was talking about him. In, I don't know, he was in the middle of the pack somewhere. I don't know anything about him. I've I've never heard of Austin Eckrode. He shot a 71, and a 68, and a 73. And then he charges back yesterday when, uh, when birdies were hard to come by with a 65 and finishes T10, tied for 10th. Top 10 finish in a major for somebody's, for Mr. and Mrs. Eckhart's Eckert, son, Austin Eckhart. The German names are very hard for me.
1: <laughs> I also saw that Tommy Fleetwood, uh, he had the best round yesterday, I believe, with that 63, so wow, he five yeah. strokes off. But he missed, I believe, a five foot putt on in the last hole. And uh. he, was, he said he started, I think he said he started off, I think, with a. Um, With a bogey, and I think he ended with one as well. But he still had a great round yesterday. Almost got that 62 to tie the record.
0: Yeah, tied for fifth. I mean, if he was a a couple of points, if he was a stroke back, no, excuse me, if he was, yeah, if he was a few strokes back, it was a difference of like three hundred something thousand dollars. So, uh, way to go, Fairway Jesus! I think that's
1: just. But he went from twelve from twelve under to five under in one day, so that's pretty good. Pretty good picking up from where he was, what he was projected to earn, to what he ended up earning. On Friday's show, I believe it was you who said that those greens just looked unbelievable. Uh, Did they look any different than any other unbelievable great golf course, or they just look? I don't remember.
0: I don't. I thought it was you who
1: said. Maybe I heard it on radio, but I thought it was you saying it on Friday's show. But it might have been.
0: may have been uh Hunty it might have been Hunty in the afternoon did they look that exceptional to you or was it just like any other I can't tell part? on television I can't tell on okay. TV um but maybe someone who's played there mentioned that or something I'm, I'm not sure but um Tom Kim uh, uh, ended up with pretty good now this is the guy he's he plays under the South Korean flag but he's from like UCLA or USC so oh. many of these these guys are like, like, oh, what country they're from, and then they open their mouth and it sounds like they were born and raised in Southern California, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, but anyway, Tom Kim is a uh, just a fun guy. Uh, he's very, I, what is he, twenty four years old or twenty? He's very just a young kid that people are just falling in love with. Good to see he uh, actually had, after a bad start, had a top ten finish. Now. What I've noticed, I not—I don't know why I noticed this, and maybe I'm – I just didn't even say Maybe it just bores people. But the um, Nike golfers, golfers who are sponsored by Nike, you'll see that they wear nothing else. If you look at Brooks Kepka and Tiger Woods – well, Tiger Woods is the TW brand, but it's still Nike. Tiger Woods and Brooks Kepka and Rory McElroy and Tony Finau. And there seem to be more and more – like Nike is making a push to sponsor more golfers it used to seem like oh there were just a few but now even guys like Tom Kim I mean look at him last year I don't remember what he was wearing I don't think it was Nike but I mean I guess it's a deal where you got to be like okay you know what take you know your mastercard and all that other stuff off your shirts and your bags and that and Nike is you're just Nike but I I I noticed I don't know I, I don't know I'm crazy but I, I just look at that and I go, wow, look at all the Nike golfers out there. And they're always in contention. Do you think that has anything to do with Liv, the fact that maybe on the PGA Tour
1: there's more golfers getting opportunities because some of the defectors are not on the PGA Tour and maybe Nike
0: has given those guys deals? Is that maybe No, but Kepka, Kepka and these guys, are they're sponsored by Nike. They still keep it, of course, yeah. Yeah, Nike, he's still a Nike guy, um, Brooks Kepka is. But, yeah, I, I just thought that was kind of cool. Is Scotty Scheffler, another Nike mm. guy, number one golfer in the world. But anyway, uh, it, it's kind of a—I don't know what's going to happen. I don't—I don't even know what's coming up next, as far as the PGA Tour goes. But you'll probably see a lot of guys, except for guy, guys who go out there and grind it week after week. Guys like uh, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, uh, Matt Kuchar. A lot of these guys, you'll see them come. You know, you'll see them again next week. Although you'll see a lot of the stars take the day, take the week off.
1: Well, you also have the Open coming up in less than a month, I believe, or three to four weeks.
0: The, the, it's three to four weeks. It's really,
1: in it's July. It's in, it's in July. Yes, it's in July. Wow. So. And that's what Rory right. McElroy said. He's getting ready for. I forget where it's being played, but uh, he talked about that afterwards. Yesterday.
0: It's always. Isn't it always being played at the same place? No. No, the I mean, Open's always it's different. It's always in a different. It, it's in the same country, but a different it, course. Uh, hasn't it gone from? Um, ireland
1: to scotland or i thought oh, it... you know what i don't know i thought it was always at the same place oh no and you walked over that and you walked over that little bridge the the masters is the
0: only one that's in the same course every year Ah, oh, that's right let me teach a little but bit i, about I golf. thought for some reason i I, <laughs> I thought for some reason the open was always at the open champion and the open the the open championship and i'd like the, the winner the winner is known as the champion golfer of the world. Oh,
1: that sounds familiar. You, you did ask what's next. The Travelers is next week. The Scottish oh. Open, and then uh, Rory McElroy talking about he'll be ready to go for it Liverpool. So I guess that's
0: uh, where it's, it's a, uh, where the British Open will be played. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. For some reason, I thought it was always at St Andrews, at that one course with the little bridge. And that's
1: what makes it so special when it is there, I guess, because it's not every single yeah,
0: year. Yeah, they have that one, that one where you have to you you drive and you have to hit it over the building. Oh yeah, I remember You're that. <laughs> that's the St. Andrews too. Is that St. Andrews? I believe so. That's okay. where it was last year. Okay. okay. A trivia question: Who won the Open last year? The the uh, I wouldn't remember. I'd, no. I'd be Cameron Smith. On. Oh, that's right. Cameron I remember he Smith. won a major. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's six twenty-one with the sports animals. Uh, we don't have any traffic reports because traffic report guy is taking Freedom Day off. But uh, we'll be right back with more sports talk on the radio on ESPN Honolulu. got water main breaks no traffic report but water main breaks they, of course they have that one uh, over in the Kamaki area there's a big article in the star advertiser about it also uh, got a water main break on dillingham as if dillingham isn't closed isn't mucked up isn't mucked up enough right now with all the construction going on now you got a water main break on dillingham near mokawea uh street so stay away if you can All right, uh, thank you guys for texting in. I said champion golfer of the world. Uh, Got a couple of texts. Uh, This one says it's the champion golfer of the year. And this other one says champion golfer of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, the champion golfer of the year, Cameron Smith. (laughs) And he reminds us the tournament rotates uh, throughout uh, Great Britain. Thank you very much for that. Thank you guys for the help, and thank you for listening here and texting in on the Zephyr Insurance text line on ESPN Honolulu. We do have the NBA draft on
1: Thursday, which means there will be a lot of rumors and actual movement between now and then. In fact, in the last minute, uh, we just got notified that Draymond Green has declined his player option of $27.5 million from Golden State. He's a free agent. Now, he'll be able to resign with them, but um, I don't I'm pretty sure they can't either afford to give him more than 27 and a half and don't want to. So I, I would think, for the most part, he is not going to be a Golden State Warrior any longer. That's wow.
0: That doesn't seem like it uh, – that doesn't seem right. It does does, it doesn't seem right but in a
1: way it does I mean if you're looking at big picture their team was not good enough to win it all this year he's yeah. been a little bit of a problem child and he's going to be very expensive he wants to he wants to get his keep wants to um, get his payday thinking he's worth more than he's getting other guys of cash and 27 and a half sounds like a ton uh, compared to other guys I guess he
0: feels that he deserves more but he's an aging defensive specialist exactly. Uh, Twenty-seven million. That's that's not enough. That's not enough to make you happy. Uh, I guess happy. it's not about the money. It just shows the disrespect that the Golden State Warriors have for him, doesn't it? In How way, disrespectful
1: you you'll say, and I agree. You'll say he's an aging defensive player, but I, I've heard him comment throughout the season that he hasn't really lost anything. He still considers himself the best. i it's great to have that confidence, but he's not quite as great as he was. He's still really good, and he can help a lot of teams, like maybe the Lakers, if they're able to get him. But uh, I, I can understand Golden State not investing in him. It's just it's just not a wise investment at this point. With everything else they paid in the luxury tax, you got to say no at a certain point with all the extra money uh, Joe Lacob, the owner, and others are paying because of the sa- yeah. uh, the, the salary cap that they have. Or the, ro- the amount of they're paying for their payroll overall is going to hurt them on the salary cap. And it's going to be a hard cap with the next CBA. That's why some teams are maneuvering a Bradley Beal, which we'll get into. So for Draymond Green. What does a hard cap mean? Hard cap means there's not many or any loopholes. When the NBA first came out with a salary cap, let's say it was $50 million. It was, it was around mm-hmm. there. That was it. There's no, well, you can sign over the cap and pay a luxury tax. It was $50 million. That's all you could spend. And then they got a loose cap where you can resign your own free agent and go over the salary cap. You can have a mid-level
0: exemption and go over the salary cap. You can so pay you a luxury a, tax. You, so you could do a maybe like the NFL. We're going to take your salary and just put it into a bonus to be underneath the salary cap. They could do that kind of stuff?
1: I don't know if they can do that. It's just that they're going to have to pay if they go over uh, Mm. because there was a loose cap. This way it's not going to be a loose cap. And I don't know if it's going to be 100% a hard cap where you can't go over that exact dollar amount at all. Uh, But it's going to be different. It's going to be harder for teams to keep players and still building around them. Like, again, Washington with Bradley Beal, hence the trade. We heard rumors that he might be going to Miami or Phoenix. And I guess we're not shocked, but it's an interesting trade that we hear: Chris Paul, uh, Landry Shamet, and a couple of second-round draft picks. I believe two of them are going to Washington for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is going to make over 50 million a year for the next four years. He's only 29. Uh, two years ago, he averaged 31 a game. Last year, I think he went down to $23.9, I believe, right around there.
0: How come we haven't heard of him because he played for Washington? Oh, Bradley Beal? Well,
1: we've heard of him. I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean heard from him lately, really. Yeah, uh, he's been injured also.
0: Oh,
2: okay. He's
1: had some injuries where he hasn't played a full season, I think, in a couple of years now. Mm. Uh, again, it's, he's still a really, really good player. But at 50-plus million a year, you got Durant's probably going to be in that $50 million range. I don't know how his structure goes year by year. And then, of course, Devin Booker. Uh, if he if he isn't making over forty million in a year or two, he will be making over forty million. Which means uh, those three plus DeAndre Ayton, if they keep him, who signed the max deal last year, uh, that's like a hundred and sixty something million uh, with those four
0: guys today. Man, if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, it sounds like you're going nowhere fast.
1: Well, you're building for right now. You you're winning right. Your window is you, the owner. The new owner is probably thinking, I want to win this year, and you know you get rid of Chris Paul, who's still good. Uh, you don't only have a point guard. That's one thing I want to point out. I guess Devin Booker would be the point. but Really? You have, well, you have Devin Booker and Bradley wow. Beal. They're both starting. Neither is a pure point guard. Chris Paul was. John Wall was in Washington. So that's one. I don't know if it'll be a problem. That's one concern I'd have. Uh, and yet have have the chemistry mesh. You also have a new coach in Frank Vogel, who's a defensive guy. And then you got all these offensive guys who aren't known for their defense as much. Oh. And, uh, I, I, again, they're they're trying to win right now and cash, not cash in, but go all in and get whatever it takes as far as player.
0: Uh, yeah. But here's how well that works. Well, I don't have an example. But let's <laughs> look at the past NBA champions. That rarely works anymore. Let's build a super team. You know, they were on track for a little while when they had Chris Paul and then they got Devin, They they you know, through the draft, they got Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and these guys. You were on track, and then you got a little crazy and just started, you know, trying to build this, this instant gratification team, that didn't really work out. I mean, they were they were trying to get rid of DeAndre uh, Ayton. Yep. Remember? Yep. I mean, I don't know. It just just build just build your team.
1: Well, you have just, an owner that wanted to, when he took over, he got Durant immediately. Or oh, right. it was—it was in conjunction with the owner taking over. Robert right. Sarver was kind of bought out, I guess. Uh, but you, you're right about that. They're, but they—they they went to the finals against Milwaukee, and they were up like two games to uh, two to zero, and they ended up losing, I think, in six. Uh, mm-hmm. But they almost beat Milwaukee that year, and then they've been going a little bit downhill ever since. I still love Monty Williams, the coach. Uh, last year, they had some COVID cases, got upset by Dallas. This year, they went into a hot Denver team, but Kevin Durant mm-hmm. never had the practice time to get fully acclimated. Uh, yeah. they will they'll be an interesting team to watch, of course. Uh, we'll also see if Chris Paul stays in Washington. This talk he could get bought out or tr- traded again. They don't really want him, apparently. Why? So, well, because he's a little older and he's going to be a little expensive, that looks like they're blowing it up in Washington. I think both teams uh, are are questionable in this trade because Washington is dumping their best player; they're dumping a lot of uh, salary, so that's great. But are they going to be a better team? No, no. They're getting two second rounders. Phoenix doesn't have a first round pick for the next seven years, I believe,
0: because of the Nets trade and this trade. Maybe it's six. See, that's what happens. You ruin because you're you're greedy and you're trying to win right now, today, with money. And if it doesn't work, you set your franchise back by a decade. By a decade. Yeah. You're mortgaging the future for today, and it can come it's, back to haul you. I agree. Yeah. In Phoenix, it's time to pick a second favorite team, as I always say in these situations.
1: But it sounds And it sounds crazy, but I kind of agree. And Tanner and I were talking about this before the show as well, where we, we both kind of scratched our heads at this trade. It just doesn't. I mean, I saw ESPN.com, I believe, gave Phoenix a D in this or whatever it was, a low grade. Uh, uh, because of the risk involved. And, again, Bradley Beal, 29, Durant, uh, mid-30s, I believe, 33 or 4, right around there at least. And he's still good, but as you point out, and accurately so, how he gets injured fairly often. Still a great player. It's just I don't think that – I'm not sure – I wouldn't put them as the favorite to win the championship today for next
0: year based well, on this if, team. If I was a betting man on the ninth island and I put money on Bradley Beal's next team before the – Phoenix Suns were 12-1 to 1 odds. Everybody thought he was going to uh, Miami, maybe uh-huh. Boston, right? 12-1 to 1 odds. The only other team that had longer odds were the uh, were the uh, San Antonio Spurs. But uh, there's other free agents out there. We can discuss that, too, coming up in a sec here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, coming up Wednesday, we'll be at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. Uh, joining us uh, down there, well, it's you and me and Josh and anybody else from the radio station that wants to come down, Plus, we'll have the new athletic director for the University of Hawaii, Craig Angelus, will be live uh, in person at the pub. June Jones will be there. Coach Bud, Michelle Nagamine. It's going to be coming up Wednesday from five to seven at Growler Hawaii with a great happy hours, uh, great happy hour specials, and a cool menu too. Wednesday, five p.m.
1: Be there. Aloha. Gary Dickman, Chris Hart, Tanner Hayworth on this a Monday morning. Happy Juneteenth to everybody out there. ESPN Honolulu. If you'd like to call uh, or text 808. 808- Two nine six fourteen twenty is our number. We will focus more in the upcoming days on the NBA draft. I'll uh, we'll have some guests on the next couple of days. Uh, later on today, we'll have Roxy Bernstein joining us about an hour from now. We'll talk some MLB and maybe some college baseballs. He's been doing a ton of major league baseball games over the last couple of months. I guess uh, busy with basketball all the time. So we'll talk to him a little bit later. But going back to the NBA and the draft. Now again, we mentioned the trade, which will be official the next day or two. I'm not sure if it's because of passing physicals which usually is the case with Chris Paul uh, and Bradley Beal going and switching teams but as I mentioned I just want to expand a little bit on what I said earlier about the Washington Wizards according to Brian Windhorst and others uh, there's a chance they could trade him and that's one reason the trade won't be official as well besides the physicals if they can include a third team They will do that, and then they will make it a three-team trade. There's also talk, at least now, that if they can arrange a three-team trade for Chris Paul to go elsewhere, that they could work on a buyout. So if you're a Washington Wizards fan, or if you're just a fan thing, I want to get a Chris Paul Wizards jersey. Probably not going to be made because again, according to what we've seen, we've seen in the last 24 hours, he's not going to be a wizard. One of the rumored teams for him to go to with the L.A. Clippers, a reunion where he spent seven years there, t- uh, 2011 to 2017. If healthy, uh, would you have a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and a Chris Paul? I, I like that team, and I-, I know Chris Paul's taken a knock. In recent, not recent years, but maybe the last year or two, that he's aging, he's not the same. That's only natural. And I still feel, in my opinion, without having the numbers here, but remembering them during the season, that even though he might not be as productive as he once was, he's still a pretty productive point guard. And if you have a team that is close to winning or advancing in the playoffs, he could be a difference maker on your team. So for the Clippers, again, you got to get healthy first, and that hasn't been the case for Kawhi and Paul George lately. But if you do get a Chris Paul on the Clippers, then I don't know what they would have to give up. Uh, he's not going to come that cheaply, uh, especially with his salary having to match. It's... Uh, Clippers seem to be a front-runner, again, if he's either bought out or if there's another Mm -hmm. team in the trade. The other trade that's being rumored, or it's not so much a trade, but a player at least, is Damian Lillard. Mm. Uh, Is he on the move? There's talk that maybe Portland will trade him and maybe to Miami.
0: I I think you should be calling him Dame. That's what the cool kids say. Dame time. Dame. Dame time. Is that what Uh, they say? Yeah. I like that. Yeah,
1: Dame time. Uh, So, again, Miami's being rumored there, and they could use that extra, you know, dynamic player to maybe get them a little further than they were, which was pretty far this year. But for the regular season, they did struggle a little bit. So, Portland, we haven't heard officially, but is Portland maybe going to trade Dame Lillard? Or there's also talk they might trade that third pick in the draft and maybe try to get a veteran package that with the Damian a Lillard,
0: he loves playing in
1: Portland. He, he doesn't does not believe. But if they because their because they, their team is is going in the opposite direction of getting close to winning a championship. When they had CJ McCollum, they were right. a playoff team. They haven't been a playoff team the last two years and he's been hurt both years. But if they're just going to go young and try to rebuild over the next 3 or 4 years, it seems like he doesn't want to be a part of that. And who could blame him? Yeah. Again a, a hard contract to absorb in I think three years will be making sixty three and a half million dollars a year.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay, so let's and, and let's go over some of these free agents, and I might have missed okay. something, but Carl Anthony Towns, is he a free agent?
1: He probably has an option, but he's not going anywhere.
0: no. Oh, okay, okay. He's not a free agent. Austin Reeves.
1: Yes, and now he, he is a free agent. and now he's restricted where the Lakers can match the offer. So if he's unrestricted, he can go anywhere. Nobody can match the offer. They can try, mm-hmm. but then for the Lakers' case, let's say San Antonio as an example gives him fifteen million a year, the Lakers can match that and keep him.
0: Fifteen? That's all.
1: Well, I, I don't know what he's going to make. I don't think he's going to make twenty-five or thirty yet. I think he probably oh. in the 20 range.
0: Poor guy. Why? But why even in Las Vegas? Why is everyone saying San Antonio Spurs? It's like it's almost like a done deal that maybe on the, the Rockets have an outside chance, but it's the Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. Why is it that? Why? I just made that up. I didn't even know that, actually. No, uh, I read about it over the weekend, wow. and I'm looking at something now in Vegas. Three to two odds uh, that he goes to the San Antonio Spurs, two to one to Houston. 9 to 2 to the Orlando Magic, and then there's a few other teams after that.
1: Maybe those teams have cap space where they can afford to pay him more than oh. other teams, A. And I know he's mm-hmm. from, I think he's from Tennessee or Louisiana. He's from, he's that from the part South? Of, south, yeah. He's from the South, oh, yeah. Wow. Maybe Nashville area. He's, he's from that area. Arkansas, I believe, is where he's from, actually. It's pronounced Arkansas. Hello, <laughs> no, I do I have to help I'm you sorry. with everything? I know, boy. But that's something to watch. If the Lakers do lose him now, maybe let's say the Lakers, well, they want to keep Austin Reeves. Who wouldn't? But if Draymond Green is available, as we know he now is, and you want Draymond, I mean, the salary cap is so complicated. I don't know how they can make it work where they get both Austin Reeves and Draymond Green and pay them what they want. But there's probably a way to do it. And if they get a Draymond Green to that team, I was watching First Take earlier today, and Stephen A. Smith had his top five contenders for next year. He had Uh Phoenix fifth, which surprised me a little bit. I understand it for the reasons we gave. He had the Lakers fourth,
0: which surprised me even more. I I could see the Lakers if they were healthy.
1: Well, if they pick up one piece, and maybe he's anticipating a Draymond Green as an example. Their defense was a weakness last year. One of their weaknesses Not is staying healthy. Well, Anthony Davis is a good defender. He is, but he—that's he, only him. And he's a little—he oh. was injured so much. But I mean, that was part of their problem uh, last year. So if they get a Draymond Green. I, I can see the Lakers doing what they did this year, which is
0: in the final four at least, being in the final okay, four. Okay, so if if you, the Miami Heat, who had a great run again this year, they're obviously they're a small team. Is, the, is somebody like Carl Anthony Towns? Could he go? To Miami. I mean, do they get the? Is there any big out there that would fit the Miami Heat? That's my question for you.
1: Um, I think with the um, I'm going to get his name. The European guy for the Chicago Bulls. Um, not correct. I'll get his name. You you could Uchevich. If I'm saying it correct. He uh, is it Nikola Tanner? Okay,
0: Nikola. Nikola Vujujevic. Anyway, close he, enough.
1: He was at USC. He actually Gib Arnold coached him for a while. But he's actually been an All Star oh. once or twice. And he's a pretty good player. He's, I believe, on the free agent list. Uh, now, Carl anthony Towns, again, is not a free agent. Uh, he might have an option. Mm. So, I mean, anybody would love to get Carl anthony Towns. As he said himself the other day, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but when he's done, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats in the NBA. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people Karl criticized anthony him Towns? for saying that. Yeah, he said this himself. I think it was on a podcast.
0: Well, time's running out, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he is really good, but no, no, not you're not quite there, uh, Carl. That's not exactly what anybody thinks of you. Except, and that, he's
0: like I, a poor man's Joel Embiid.
1: <laughs> y- y- uh, yeah. Um, he can say Somebody said Gilbert Arena said he can say he's better than Kevin Love, but he's delusional for these comments. He said he's going to be delusional for to sell praise saying he's going to be one of the best players of all time and the best centers of all time. And, yeah, I was a little surprised at that. Either way, I mean, he's a good player. But, uh, and a lot of teams would love to have him, but I think he just signed a new deal a few years ago with Minnesota. I, don't,
0: I haven't heard about him maybe leaving with the, op, uh, the opt-out. All right. Uh, 808-296-1420 is our number if you want to call in or if you want to text in to the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, coming up, um, University of Hawaii recruits. We're about 68 days away till the start of the season. Uh, more on that, San Diego State. If or when or whatever, are they leaving? Who knows? All that and more coming up with the sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu. But first, hey, if you want to celebrate Juneteenth, stop by Sandwich Fest at Dixie Grill, Barbecue and Crab Shack. Uh, This month, it's Sandwich Fest all month long. You can try a grilled pulled pork sandwich on Texas toast, a fully loaded Southwest grilled chicken sandwich. They've got catfish and pulled pork burgers and more. It's Sandwich Fest at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack.
2: Kachi, kachi, music mahau Where the children love to sing, and the music joy it brings. Everybody does their thing. Let the music
0: up in the Happy Juneteenth. Happy Freedom Day. Wednesday Hopefully you got a three-day weekend going on. Uh, if not, we'll keep you company on the way in here. Uh, should be a faster commute here. This is ESPN Honolulu with the Sports Animals in the Morning. I know secretly
1: you're a hockey fan, and I know you're not, but every now and then... I'm we'll trying to something. be. Okay. I'm
0: trying to be.
1: What I want to bring up is not about hockey on the ice, but the Golden Knights, as most people know, won the Stanley Cup last week. And so, like, Knights? Like the Denver Nuggets, they have their victory parade. They had it on Saturday on the Strip. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody has seen the clip, but I believe it's one of their captains, William Carlson, uh, gave a oh, speech. Sure. Uh-huh. Well, they, you got to check this out. It's all over social media. kind of went viral. they most of the players, well, I think, all the players at this point of the parade, where it stopped by T-Mobile afterwards for the speech in front of the fans, they were all just wearing shorts and sneakers, no shirt, and sneakers. you could te- you could tell that they've uh, they've been ha- they've had a good time all day drinking, which a lot of these parades, you know, have the athletes. They were doing da-
0: they were day drinking,
1: yeah, and, and again, nothing in wrong their with sneakers? that. Sneakers in their sneakers, but William Carlson gave a speech where you could tell he was uh, under the influence. He was slurring uh, a little bit. He, he was wasn't slurring. No, just to the things he was saying. He used a couple of four letter words. No, not that bad. But mm-hmm. he was just saying things. I remember the first game. First game seven six years ago. Uh, we we beat the bleep out of Arizona. I didn't score a point. I didn't get anything in that game. And he said, "You hey, over there? We knew you were going to be the MVP." He was just really under the influence. So the first thing I read about it was that there was a woman on stage trying to grab his mic. And at first I'm like, who is that, a fan? Who is-? she? Their PR person. The PR, I was going to say the PR. And she's talking to a player, like, get the mic away from him. The player just smiled. So she had to do it herself. <laughs> While he's talking with the mic in his hand, she takes the mic out of his hand. His hand is still in place, not holding the mic.
3: I don't think he's he realized. Holding his,
0: he's holding his fist up to his mouth, <laughs> yes. talking into his thumb.
1: Yes, I don't think he realized the mic was missing. He didn't oh. react at all, but it was, it was pretty funny. No harm done. Uh, and and again, these guys aren't
0: driving home, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're in Vegas already. Like, the Denver Nuggets went to Vegas, like a lot of teams do. The, the Golden Knights mm-hmm. already there, so uh, right. just an Uber ride away. But his speech, again, it's like a minute long or something. If you get a chance, it was pretty funny. And it was kind a, of you, invit- I find
0: that on YouTube? Oh, yeah. I saw it everywhere oh. all over the weekend. It was pretty funny, though. But
1: uh, again, no harm or no foul or anything. But the fact that he had the mic taken away from him, I thought was
0: pretty funny. And, yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. That is totally hilarious. Yeah, you know, and, that. and, that's, and that's part of the fun of sports is the celebration afterwards or the moment you win. Last night, I knew already uh, because I was out and about all day uh, doing stuff yesterday, and then by the time I got home, I you know, I checked and I saw that, um, that um, oh, gosh, what's his name, Wyndham Clark had won the U.S. Open. And so I already knew what happened. I was like, ah, Ricky didn't win, but that's okay. Good for Wyndham Clark. And then so I sat down and, uh, you know, watched, oh, from about the seventh seventh hole on uh, for some of these guys. Around that time uh, last night, I watched the replay. And even though I knew Wyndham Clark was going to win, the celebration afterwards was kind of cool. Now, what they did is... Um, Coming up to the, the, the final hole in the 18th, I mean, there's certain things that you have to do. So Ricky Fowler, he's out of it already, but he's playing with Wyndham Clark. So they both putt. And then if you're, you know, you're um, Ricky Fowler, you have to go ahead and finish up. Even though you might be uh, farther closer to the hole, you have to finish up, get out of the way so that, you know, the winner can go ahead and win it, and, and they ended on that note. Not oh look we got a winner. Okay wait, the second place guy is going to finish now. Right. Right, so they do that. And they did something at this um this open that was a little different. Well, I've seen it they did it at the Open Championship, I believe last year, where they kind of open up the ropes a little bit or that one time with Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka at whatever major that was where the crowd just engulfed the golfers. It was not the Masters? And, and yeah, it was the one that Phil won a couple years ago. And so what that, what happened was Brooks Koepka got hurt. But anyway, so they have these guys, you know, behind ropes, so to speak. But now they'll let the, the the fans crowd up right to the green, well, right to the sand trap. So, you know, you can be maybe 10 feet away on the course. And just watching that mob yesterday in Los Angeles just converge on that hole was, we made it pretty cool just so that, the 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 picture that you're seeing is just all of these fans right on top of the action, but that's not really what I I, I thought that was cool, but what this is what I love about sports that I'm watching this Wyndham Clark uh, sinks the putt wins the U.S. Open, and he didn't cry he whimpered he whimpered in his caddy's arms yeah right right I right. watched that and I noticed oh my gosh. There's a tear coming down my eye. I'm watching basically a rerun, and I'm crying. at the, the, the. I already knew the guy won, but watching him celebrate made me cry. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm Gary. I've turned into Gary. <laughs> Welcome to All the right, club. Top, <laughs> top three things you need to know coming up next on this Juneteenth on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Oh, I hope you got the day off today. Making it a three-day weekend. Father's Day yesterday, Juneteenth today. It's the day marking the end of slavery in the U.S. in 1865, also known as Freedom Day. Um, you know, it, it was uh, it was on this day in 1865 when General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas, and announced that all enslaved people were free. President Biden made it a national holiday on um uh in 2021 but what's weird is and i'm just reading up on this is that it was this happened in texas the the major general gordon granger announced enslaved people are free in in texas this was two and a half years after president lincoln signed the emancipation proclamation does news travel that slow that's crazy i'd love to read up more on this that's yeah that's really super crazy but anyway, hope uh, uh, we we celebrate uh, we celebrate Freedom Day all over the country. Also, Jubilee Day. Remember, it was called. Some people call it Jubilee Day today. But uh, a lot of people off today. Uh, banks, of course, closed. Schools are closed. You know what's good to see is I saw the post office is closed. Obviously, it's a federal holiday. Yeah. And then UPS, I believe, is closed. Oh no, it's just the post. See, because the post office guys they they deliver UPS packages too. Right, and I thought, oh, our poor mailman who works seven days a week has got a day off, but they probably still have to deliver the, the the U the UPS packages. Well, the mail would be closed on Sunday, though. The mail at least. But they're still working. They're still develop. They're still uh, delivering UPS packages. UPS, you're right. That's true. Seven days. Even seven though week he's a USPS, he's they. It's like they yeah. have that contract with UPS. And uh, PS, let's get back to the radio show. Okay, okay. <laughs> all set. You bet. Here we go. <laughs> we've got a champion. We've got a champion golfer of the United States. Wyndham Clark uh, shoots ten over, wins by one stroke in a uh, in a in a top ten littered with stars yesterday uh, at Los Angeles Country Club. But uh, congratulations, his second win ever, and uh, his second win in the last like month and a half or a month, whatever it is. Right. But Wyndham Clark now a life changing tournament for him yesterday.
1: Yeah, he won the Wells Fargo. Was his first career win, and he, you know, in the in the seven majors he's been in, he's missed a cut on four of them. So it's, yeah. he's not. A, he's not. That's one reason we're not as familiar with his name. If you're a casual fan, he's not really been in this situation. And his no. best finish was a seventy-five. He had a seventy-five and a seventy-six, where his two best fi- finishes seventy-five. Um,
0: whatever it was high scores yeah it was a high score uh, I, I see get it. i've I've heard of him but he's he's just been kind of a journeyman but sometimes that's what happens i hope that this is just the beginning for wyndham clark yeah and he's not a danny willett right and that's one of the masters Who won the masters and then we never heard from him again i hope it's not one of those but i mean the guy's an athlete look at some of these golfers nowadays i mean it's it's like you know the days of Ian Woosnin, <laughs> those guys, where, whatever happened to him? Is he injured? Champions Did he just store? retire? No. no, no, he's... He's not I that old? I don't think he's that old. I mean, I know he bought a ranch and drives a tractor in Utah or something, but I don't know. Look at guys the size of John Rom, Dustin Kepka. Johnson. What's that? Brooks Kepka. Or Brian DeChambeau.
1: Or Bryce, or DeChambeau. Bryce, DeChambeau, Bryce DeChambeau, too.
0: He's, 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 he's about as big as Brian. But... <laughs> The uh, but again, guys like that, even Wyndham Clark. I mean, this guy looks like he could play linebacker in the NFL. So how do you explain this? And
1: his best finish was seventy fifth place. So the two majors he made a cut. He finished seventy fifth, seventy sixth, I believe. How does a guy who doesn't usually play in major doesn't usually make the cut in a major, uh, and now win a U.S. Open and win the Wells Fargo? How do you suddenly transform from barely making the cut to now winning championships? Pretty good paying days uh, well, within the same two months or two month period. Or whatever.
0: I, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it could be a bunch of things. He changed. He got a new coach. Why is Ricky Fowler good? Well, he decided that he didn't want to be a Kardashian anymore, and he wanted to be a golfer. He went and hired Brooks uh, Brooks Harmon, who's works or on Butch your Harman. Butch Harmon. Butch Harmon. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you're happy about that. So anyway, Butch Harmon. So he hires Butch Harmon, and this is the guy who works on your physical game and your mental game. And and so he's really kind of turned it around for Ricky Fowler this year. You know, I mean it's not it, it happens sometimes where you just get hot
1: it is, and I find this so fascinating about golf, and I'll bring it up every now and then, but I'll bring it up today because of Rory. Rory, at one point, uh, before Jordan Spieth came on the scene about 10 years ago, was the next Tiger Woods. Not that he was going to be as successful. He was one of the top two or three-ranked golfers in the world, I would imagine. And he for still a year is. Or...
0: And he still is. But
1: if you haven't won a major in 10 years for a guy on that level, it just shows how hard it is to win, A. Right. But how, how, not easily, but how somebody that great, can struggle with what he really wants to accomplish. And you said he's still really good. He's still top what, 10 probably. He's won tournament. But for him not to wear, win a major, and he talked about it yesterday as well, that's got to be frustrating. And it doesn't mean he's a bad golfer, but that's what I really appreciate about golf is how difficult it is when you see a Wyndon Clark do what he did and a Rory not being able to do this in 10 years.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, congratulations for them. And, and like you said earlier, in just a few weeks, I didn't really realize it. But we will have a champion golfer of the year from the open. All right, we move on. Uh, University of Hawaii got some football recruits. It uh, uh, looks like, uh, I believe in the advertiser, it says they, they're they rating the, ILH of, the ILH's top talent coming to the University of Hawaii to play for the Prada Hood. Not only
1: for this upcoming season, but even for 2024. We heard about a few of those recruits last week and over the weekend. Three more on their official visit committed. Noah Wiley, the edge rusher of St. Louis. And then you also have a linebacker from Punahou, Alika Kavako Amoy. And then today Kavako. paper. Kavako, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, We have an offensive lineman from Campbell, love, love the size, 6'4", 300, going into 12th grade. I wonder if he's done growing. I have a feeling he's still got a little bit of weight and maybe some size there. And Mm. his name is Justice Tavui, and he is at Campbell right now. Joshua,
0: oh, boy. Uh, it's right in front of you. How are you? Re- You're looking at Joshua, and you say justice. You're I was just as
1: bad as I am. I was looking at you. I don't know why I was looking at you instead of my list in front of me. But thank you, Tanner, for that. Uh, Joshua Tavui. Uh, I, I think he has a chance to still grow, and they project him as a guard. Fans for how? How many? I mean, ever since. I've been following UH football. You guys know it as well. We always want the homegrown talent to stay home. The fans, the majority of the fans, want the best in the state to stay home. I don't know if these are necessarily the top guys at every position, but it sounds like they are. I mean, from uh, quarterbacks for this year, uh, from Punahou, John Chiave.
0: Fagapolotelli.
1: Uh, I mean, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best last year. All these linemen were real. Timmy Chang and his staff have really – we know it's going to be a conscious effort, but every coach says that. I mean, no, Todd Graham wasn't going to get as many locals as Timmy Chang because Timmy's been there, done that. And, you know, he got a few. Norm Chow got a few. Yes, he did. Rolo got some. It seems like early on for Timmy Chang, he's really getting these guys to commit, and a year early. I don't remember any of the other coaches getting local players in numbers like this, if at all, getting local players to commit a year early to go to UH and they're good players it's not just they're just settling they're getting some of the best players in the state from all over whether it's Kahuku, St. Louis, Punahou, Kamehameha we're getting really good players to stay here so I think the excitement level is going to continue to build hopefully the wins will happen I think they will little by little maybe not as much as people want this year but it'll be better than last year but when you have that many homegrown players staying it just
0: makes the program more entertaining more exciting to the fans at least. Right, and and for the businesses, for the nils, mm. they they like to they like to give money. The local business community likes to give money to the local players. Mm. Not that they have anything against the mainland players coming to play, and I'm sure they get their share of. NIL I'm just talking about football right now, but when it comes to football or even basketball, I would think, and I don't know for sure about basketball, but I know the uh, when the people line up to get their nil money out there. The local players and especially the local stars go first.
1: Yeah, and that's great. That's great because it happens like that in other places. We've heard of Miami and their NIL deals in some other places, uh, Mm -hmm. including West Virginia, which is a story we'll get into a little bit later. But I I think the excitement level is just going to continue to build with Timmy and what he's doing there. I know there were fans that were a little critical last year thinking he wasn't experienced and the win total wasn't there, but that was such a unique circumstance. I don't know how anybody could... Accurately right. grade him and not give him a grade, a good grade, because of the record, as opposed to what they were dealing with with well, all the new players and everything.
0: And I think it's, and I, th- I like it because you, you, we shouldn't have had any expectations going into last year. We, yes, I mean, should. what were your expectations with forty-five guys transferring out or whatever crazy? Fifty-three. Really? Yes, fifty-three, 53 new players. Fifty-three guys left.
1: Fifty-three new players coming in.
0: Oh, 53 new players coming in, but yeah. I mean, a, a bunch of guys transferring out, and you're you're in the you're in shambles. You're not in the doldrums. You're in shambles. It's like g- going th- looking at old m- movie clips. Uh, excuse me, uh, old yeah movie clips or whatever r- uh, newsreels of Italy in World War II, right? With a hundredth battalion going for broke, right? Going through the just it's just in shambles. Everything's blown to pieces. That's what happened to our football program. Yeah, and you know what? If we get four, if this is a four or five win season, it is what it is. We're not there yet. We're not ready. Let's just go and support the team and have fun. Let's somehow bring back tailgating, and support the team and have some fun and some fun doing it. We'll get there. I, I think we'll get there. I, I really do. It's just, it's. I don't. You know, if it. Hey, that's, you know, bonus if it happens next year. You win seven games and go to a bowl game next year, bonus time. Right, right. But, you know, we'll see. It's a tough schedule too. It's a pretty tough schedule uh, upcoming too with Stanford and you got uh, uh, Vanderbilt on the road, Oregon. Uh it's going to be tough, but hey, you know what? Let's go out there. Take some lickins. But hey, make sure you get you get some you get to, you throw some blows in there too.
1: Yes, and no guarantees of course, but I again, one of the things fans always wanted was go in the run and shoot. And local players, more local players, top talent to stay home. So we've got that. And I agree that uh, this this program is totally headed in the right direction. We'll see how that translates to wins and losses this year. But I think part of the thing about being a fan is you enjoy the journey. When a team goes from, you know, the bottom to to, rises to the top, it's kind of a cool thing to be a part of. And when June Jones did it, I mean, remember what that felt like. I mean, especially not only the first year when they had the biggest turnaround, but then the Sugar Bowl year. So there might be some growing pains here and there, and there were last year. But I think with the talent they have and everything else, come, everybody else coming in, this program is headed definitely in the right
0: direction. I'm interested in seeing how uh, we got off. It was supposed to be our top three things you need to know, and it's just UH football, but that's okay. Uh, the other thing you need to know is uh, a bunch of stuff going on in the NBA. Okay, back to UH football. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, – now I forgot what I was going to say. I threw my own self off. Oh, Braden Shager. Braden Shager. Um, I, I, I'm really curious, and I think everybody is. He's the starting quarterback for this team. But if you ask him or Coach Timmy or other people, you know, he's had some time now to actually, you know, consume more of this offense. I mean, he's had the time to to, to learn He's working with other uh, former players like Chad Owens, right, or helping out when there's situations where the coaches can't be in contact with the players. He's still getting his education and watching a lot of film.
1: Dan Morrison. And
0: uh, Yeah, Dan. Oh, Dan Morrison came. That's right.
1: I think he visited uh, him in Texas, I believe, actually.
0: Right, right. So, I mean, he's working out with, uh, you know, Sean Withy Allen, the, the, the team chaplain, and all of these guys. So I would think that um, – you know, this isn't going to be brand new, and you're just learning. Uh, come training camp coming up, uh, le- you know, later on—is it this month? Yeah. July
1: 26th, about. Start? Yeah. 26 to
0: 27th. Right. So it's not going to all be brand new, and they're working on stuff. They're going to. This time, they're actually going to be hitting the ground running. You remember, he got hired late, and they were just trying to, you know, put together a staff and go out and save some of the guys that were trying to leave. Right? that was all of their thing was hey we got to bring in some guys we you know 53 guys we got to bring in a ton of players and try and save as many from jumping ship and then lo and behold it's training camp so that's why it was like okay we're gonna do this and even coach Timmy said it's called one of the call the coach shows that um you're, they said you can do the run and shoot he goes well I've learned the run and shoot in my career but I've learned the pistol and I've learned a lot of good offenses so I'm gonna go with an offense that just I think is going to work well, after a little while, right, you went back and said, Nah, we we'll go run and shoot. We'll go run and shoot, brah. Didn't Rollo do good? the same thing? I, I, think, I don't know. Rolo was always a run-and-shoot guy, I thought wasn't he? When he?
1: I thought when he started, he continued kind of what Norm Chow had because he had the same roster that was kind of more based on the –
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. And he developed into the run-and-shoot. Yeah, I
1: think after the first year or so maybe it
0: was. Right. But 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 Timmy was but Coach Timmy was like, uh, okay, we're going to do this thing, and there's you know a lot of good things I learned in Nevada about this, right? And then yep. after a while he goes, nah, let's go run-and-shoot, brah. Now – who are our receivers this year? That's my question. Are they up on the run and shoot? Jonah
1: Pinoke is back. The starters. Yeah. Timoteo, um, Atimalala, he's mm-hmm. back from Campbell. Speaking of Campbell. Uh-huh. So the, uh, i don't have to look at some of the other, But we, have, we actually had some receivers that are coming back that are pretty decent. Those are two of them that I thought were pretty good last year.
0: Right. Actually, so if I, I don't have a roster in front of me, but there's some guys, some names that we'll definitely know. It's like we got to get that offensive line. That offensive that, line is going to be a key because that was supposed to be the strength last year, remember? Yes. Everybody's coming back. Now just one player is coming back, something like that?
1: They had guys no. that have started and played, but you lose an ill man, and you lose you know, a lot of the guys right. on that uh, offensive line from the last couple of years that were pretty
0: steady. Yeah. All right, it's uh, 16 minutes after the hour. Uh, we don't have traffic reports because uh, the traffic dude is celebrating Juneteenth. But we will be back with more on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 a.m. Desiring you, just love. Back on
1: this Monday morning, Gary Dixman and Chris Hart June here on ESPN Honolulu, and we're going to talk some Major League Baseball, maybe a little college as well. One of the busiest men in sports is joining us now. He's a play by play broadcaster for ESPN, ESPN Radio, Pac 12 Network, got his own talk show on 95.7, The Game, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Heisman Voter and more, he wears many hats. <laughs> joining us via the Aloha. How many Kea jobs do you have,
0: man? Roxy
1: Bernstein is back with us Roxy thank you so much again you are incredibly busy year-round regardless of the sport you're always busy aren't you
3: well, Gary, I want to live in the Bay Area. We know that's not cheap, just like living over there in <laughs> the island. So we got to wear as many hats as we can, right?
1: I guess so. Good point, good point. And speaking of the Bay Area, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on was to talk about the Oakland Athletics, who will no will soon no longer be the Oakland Athletics. What is your first takeaway about this whole situation with them moving to Vegas in a few years?
3: It's sad. It really is because there's such a great history and tradition. Uh, with this organization. You look at those great teams in the early 70s that won the World Series title, the late 80s as well, and they've had good runs. And it it really is sad. It's unfortunate. Um, The fans have been frustrated for years about the organization, the way things have been being done here. Um, And that's why they've stayed away. It's not that, you know, Gary, it's not that, the fans don't care, and they don't. This is a great fan base. They just have not been showing up because the lack of support financially that the ownership has put into this, the product, and it's been their way of boycotting. And then they had the reverse boycott, you know, earlier on this homestand last week, where they showed up and they tried to make a statement that, look, we are here. We're not the problem. And the saga. Look, it appears at Vegas. Is where the A's are headed. I wouldn't say it's a 100% lock. I think it's very strong that is moving in that direction. There's still a lot of steps that have to be uh, achieved for that to happen, but it does certainly point in that direction that the A's are going to be moving to Las Vegas.
1: It also seemed, Roxy, like it's a he-said-she-said said, where the Oakland A's say, or Major League Baseballs, at least, said we never got a good offer on a stadium where the mayor of Oakland was saying, yeah, we did make some offers. And she mentioned a couple of proposals that they had uh, by the waterfront. So who's really, I mean, I'm not sure if anybody's wrong in the situation, but what about that? Because they both
3: can't be right in what they're claiming about the other. And that's right, that, because it's either one or the other. And it seems that, from everything I hear that the city of Oakland is right, that they had the plan at Howard Terminal, which is adjacent to Jack London Square near downtown Oakland, right on the water, uh, that they had a ballpark, a 55-acre space that we developing for the ballpark plus some other retail and housing developments, and it was a whole big project, and They were in an exclusive negotiating period, and it appeared it was getting closer and closer to getting across the finish line. And then middle of those negotiations, the A's backed out for whatever reason. And there's different theories, Gary, as to what potentially happened, whether they didn't see it coming to fruition, whether they got scared because maybe Vegas was their destination all along, and they realized that Oakland may have been getting this near the finish line, so they back the way. But I tend to believe the city of Oakland, where they're coming from, because they've made significant steps and strides financially as well. Uh, Gary, that lends me to believe that there is more truth on their side than what Major League Baseball is saying, because we're not hearing anything from A's ownership. John Fisher has never really said anything publicly and the A's president, Dave Cavill, has gone silent. The only person that we're hearing anything from was the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, with his flippant remarks, and I thought it was really in in poor taste what he was saying in regards to the fan base in Oakland.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with that as well, hearing that last week. We're talking Oakland A's baseball, MLB baseball, with Roxy Bernstein from ESPN, here on ESPN. Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Is John Fisher a big part of this problem with this whole situation?
3: Uh, I believe he is a big problem. Yes, because if you look at the history, Gary, the last, the biggest contract the A's have ever given to a free agent, you got to go back almost 20 years before John Fisher owned the team, when they gave a 60 or 60 million dollar contract to Eric Chavez. That's <laughs> it. And they, John Fisher, has, has taken control of the organization, and he has been pocketing the revenue sharing, taking the money that he's getting from Major League Baseball. And I know it's frustrated other owners because they're not investing back into the ball club. Right. And the the stadium has been in, in decay mode. They're not fixing things at the ballpark. It has really been a rough go of it. So that's who the A's fans point to as the problem is John Fisher. They're begging him to sell the team. That's been the big push from the fan base is, because there is local ownership that wants to buy it and keep it here and develop it, get a new ballpark. He has shown no interest in wanting to sell the franchise, and that is another point of contention and frustration from the city, uh, from the fan base, is, for example, Joe Lacob, who owns the Warriors, Gary, wants to buy the team. And he has put that out there that there is a standing offer. If the team is up for sale, I want to buy it. But John Fisher has shown no inclination to sell this team. He wants to, to keep it. It he, he appears he wants to move it to Las Vegas.
1: Wow, I and mean, you're right, every decent player or good player they've had over the last four or five years when I've been following the situation, they get rid of it. They last a year, some of them have gone to the Mets or just all around Major League Baseball. There has been a report, I don't know if this is totally accurate or not, that John Fisher, once they are definitely going to Las Vegas, is going to maybe put the team up for sale and cash in. I figured the value would really increase for the Las Vegas A's as opposed to the Oakland A's.
3: Potentially, yeah, but also keep in mind, Gary, and again, he shown no indication he's willing to sell. Now, mm-hmm. he may be taking on partners and needs a cash influx, but as far as you're leaving the sixth-sized market in the country for a market that's in the 40s. Right. So, I, again, there's a lot of steps that need to happen. Major League Baseball needs to approve it. The other owners need to have a three-quarter vote. Uh, They also have to make a presentation why this is a good move, not just for the Oakland A's, but for Major League Baseball. I think they want guarantees that John Fisher is going to spend money on payroll for the players, which he has not been doing. There's a number of steps that have to follow. And keep in mind, there is not a a rendering of a ballpark. There's not a significant stance about where this is potentially. They're talking about a nine-acre site, which I'm not sure how that's going to happen. There's still a lot of steps that have to happen for this to come to fruition, Gary. It all appears it's heading in that direction, but I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk 100% happening. I think it's likely. I just, I'm just i hesitant to say that it's 100% happening because I've seen this organization come up with plans before that have fizzled. And there's been a number of them in the Bay Area. They tried to move to San Jose. That got shot down. There was Fremont. There was three sites in Oakland. There's been a whole number of projects that they have been trying to get finished, and they have not been able to do it. And it's been more, to be honest with you, Gary, more from the side of the A's than it is the city of Oakland screwing up.
1: Wow, interesting to get that kind of clarified from somebody who's been there and knows exactly what's going on. And I would imagine, assuming the Oakland A's at some point do go to Las Vegas, to be a Bay Area sports fan, or more specifically Oakland, you lose the Raiders to Vegas, you lose the A's to Vegas, the Golden State Warriors move from Oakland to San Francisco. That's got to be tough in the Bay Area, or again, at least Oakland, to be a sports fan these days.
3: And you feel for the Oakland fan base and what yeah. they've gone through. Look. At least the Warriors are still here, right? They just went across the bridge. It's not like they moved to Vegas like the Raiders did. Yeah. And you think of the proud Oakland natives that have played for this organization, like a Ricky Henderson, like a Dave Stewart. Mm. And Dennis Eckersley is another one who's local. That The frustration that they feel. And Dave Stewart has even tried to put together a deal, Gary, to, to organize a group to buy the A's. But John Fisher has shown no interest, and... Unfortunately, if the A's move, I think it's the end of major professional sports in the city of Oakland as we know it, and that's a really sad thought, considering the great runs that the Warriors had in Oakland, the Raiders for years, and certainly with the A's, and to think it's going to be a dead sports town, is just it's really sad to try to comprehend.
1: Yeah, that is really sad for any fan to have to go through something like that. You can check out Roxy Bernstein on Twitter, at Roxy Bernstein, as he joins us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline. You mentioned across the bay, and I just want to ask you one last question about the San Francisco Giants. Sweep the Dodgers in L.A., a seven-game winning streak. They're ahead of the Dodgers in the standings. It was maybe a slow start for the Giants, but they really seem to be in a great rhythm right now and playing excellent baseball.
3: They are, and they had some injuries early, Gary, they were dealing with. They're getting healthier now, especially in the lineup. Uh, I know the pitching staff, there's some questions. There's been an influx of some youth with this team coming up in the minor leagues, which has helped, and not just the sweep of the Dodgers they had this weekend, but also sweeping the Cardinals in that series earlier in the week when the Cardinals are floundering. and The Dodgers are really fighting it right now. I did their game Wednesday night uh, against the White Sox. Their pitching has been awful. And you right. think over the years, the Dodgers pitching is what has carried them. But right now, it's all about the offense. And they need those arms to get help. Their bullpen has been a disaster. Where the Giants are playing with a lot of confidence right now, they have the best run differential in the National League West, even though they're the three and a half behind Arizona. But they moved in front of the Dodgers. And I don't think this team is going away. And the other team to keep an eye on, I think San Diego's starting to figure it out now right. after a slow start. I think the National League West race is going to be fun to watch the rest of the way considering you're going to have four teams battling. And with those extra wild card spots now, it's going to make for a great pennant race come August and September.
1: Yeah, Fernando, Fernando Tatis is healthy, and if he stays healthy, I think San Diego, and he's showing it right now what a difference he can make. Uh, so many great storylines in baseball. I wish we had time to talk a little bit about College World Series. We'll do that maybe uh, after the series. I know that's going on in Omaha right now. Roxy, we know again you are so busy. We appreciate you joining us, and I know we'll keep in touch and do it again soon.
3: Mahalo, Gary, anytime.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Roxy Bernstein from ESPN, ESPN Radio, the Pac-12 Network, and more. And a Heisman voter, also a talk show host at 95.7 The Game, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. Go to alohakia.com. You know a guy. You
0: know a guy. Oh, I wanted to do it <laughs> the same time. Oh, uh, it's it funny what Roxy said. He's like, he has all these jobs because he wants to live in the Bay Area. That's <laughs> what you got. Hey, we feel your pain. We feel your pain. All right, very good. Man, there are some hot teams right now in Major League Baseball. Atlanta Braves, Philadelphia's hot, Reds have been playing hot, the Mm -hmm. Giants won eight out of their last ten games. You know who's not hot? The Tampa Bay Rays. Man, Baltimore's only five games back now. Yeah, for tampa bay to only go five
1: and five in their last ten you knew they would come back down to earth a little bit i still think they're an excellent baseball team that wasn't a fluke that they did at the beginning of the season but teams are i mean baltimore especially are the only team really within range at least right now baltimore is legit too but tampa Bay's coming down to earth a little bit
0: yeah texas rangers uh coming down to earth a little bit but i mean you know they're still uh really really good and you know it's not like tampa's out of it i mean they're the first team to 50. You know, the first yeah. team to 50 wins this year. They,
1: they're they still that good. And, uh, again, but like Roxy said, in the NL West, you got a lot of teams in contention. In the AL, the East and the West have teams. In the Central, forget about it. They're going to get one team in probably, and that's it yeah. by default or by, by policy, I guess. Somebody has to go. But the AL East, I wouldn't count out the Yankees, even though they've struggled getting swept by Boston. And that doubleheader yesterday didn't look yeah. too good. But they still have a lot of talent. And Toronto, I think, is better than what they've shown. And they're still a pretty good team five games over. But uh, some mm-hmm. interesting storylines. One of the things I've been really interested in watching, and I know it's not a surprise, but Shohei Ohtani is just as bat. 24th home run uh of the season yesterday trout hits a home run as well he leads in home runs. he's up there in rbis like second to 30s hitting right around 300 his pitching is good but his batting has just been incredible and, you know it's not a surprise to some but he is just on fire in the month of june really doing a great job at the plate
0: oh yeah and we just got a text too sorry i missed those angels and otani are hot they just okay. said yeah. But the, uh, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, Doug, I see you out there. Doug says, let's go O's. Let's go O's. Let's yeah, Doug is a big Orioles fan.
1: He's a Maryland basketball fan, and I like that. And he thinks I don't appreciate the Orioles, but I have to acknowledge how good they are because uh, I guess I didn't give them enough credit early on.
0: You need to spread the love, Dickman. But,
1: yeah, the Orioles are legit. And it's a great story from where they were a few years ago. They were like the Astros, losing like 100 games a year for like a two- or three-year stretch or close to it. And now they've got one of the best records in baseball.
0: Let's talk. Let's get into I want to get into it. Uh, we've been talking about uh, Hawaii and some of the recruits for the football team. Verbal commits, you know, hopefully now. And somebody else texted in on the Zephyr Insurance text line. Thank you, guys. But, hey, these are verbal commits. Now Hawaii gets them. Right, and so people from the outside are going. Well, Hawaii's right there in their backyard. If they're recruiting them, maybe they're pretty good. So now we got to be able to hold on to these guys. So right. get to get to the Rainbow Collective. Give what you can. Let's keep these guys home. Uh, coming up, San Diego State. Let's get down to the bottom of this. Are they leaving? Are they staying? Should I stay or should I go? Sounds like a good name for a song by the Clash. <laughs> Anyway, that's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. And if you're feeling hungry today, uh, go on down to the Pagoda Restaurant. It's now in the International Ballroom there. Uh, mention ESPN Honolulu, or just say ESPN. They'll get the deal. Uh, you can get the 7.50 special for seven dollars and fifty cents. Two eggs, Portuguese sausage, rice, or toast. They've got omelets and French toast and waffles and pancakes too. Uh, check out the menu pagodahawaii.com uh they're open monday through friday 7 to 11 and weekdays till noon so go have some uh great tau cow at a great price this morning this is espn honolulu we'll be back with san diego's we'll be back with san diego state sports talk that's coming up next Hope you're having a great morning celebrating Juneteenth. Hopefully you got the day off. It's Chris Hart, Gary Dickman, the sports animals in the morning. And, well, we pretty much get every day off. So (laughs) (laughs) it all just runs into each other. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Okay, so there's an article at the uh, Mountain West Wire, MWWire.com. And uh, what we heard on Friday, it was like breaking news while we were on the air. San Diego State is exiting the Mountain West Conference, we, we, we had heard that they, and I think it was through social media, they signed a letter of whatever, resignation, if you will, saying, hey, we're going to leave. And we thought, okay, they're going to the Pac-12. And then we wait a couple of days and we look into this thing, and no, they, they didn't, they, <laughs> they're saying, we intend to leave. Here's a letter. We intend to leave the Mountain West Conference. So if they leave before... Um, june 30th or before their exit fee is 17 million dollars now july 1st if they leave on july 1st a day later well that exit fee doubles to 34 million dollars you think hawaii would love to have a share of that 34 million you betcha but uh i don't get what this does Uh, what is the mountain west going to do now to respond to this what are you what, what what are you doing as far as these guys are saying, here's a letter we intend to leave. That's a, As Gloria uh, Navarez, is that her last name, Navarez? Yeah, yeah. Gloria Navarez said, the new commissioner, when we asked her about it, or when Josh asked her about it the other day, she's all, well, I'm surprised they're still here. I came in thinking these guys are gone anyway. So we, we know that you want to get out. And, you know, it wouldn't be smart to kick them out. All you can hope for is that the Pac-12 doesn't get their TV deal done for another 12 days. Hold on for 12 days and then get as much money as you can out of San Diego State.
1: But I wonder, let's say say Pac-12 doesn't have their PV contract yet. Right. San Diego State has given notice.
0: It also sounds like... No, they haven't given notice. See, that's the difference. I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. They're saying... We're gonna leave, and everyone's going. Yeah, we knew that. We know you, you've you've been chopping at the bit to leave for a few years now. Which is why that was weird. So anyway, they're giving notice. You can you can say, they're giving notice that they want to leave, and I think they did
1: ask for another month extension on this. Yeah, yeah, was kind yeah. Of weird.
0: <laughs> so- no way. Why should the Mountain West give them a month? Well, if you can't get anybody to
1: replace them, that's one way of looking at it. Wah. I know where you're going with what you're saying. Wah. If they want out, you're out. So yeah. come July 1st or whatever, you're giving us this notice, okay, we're going to get a replacement as soon as we can. And if you're left in limbo, well, that's on you then. It's a weird situation they put themselves in. because nobody, Have you ever heard of any school, many schools leave conferences. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of a school leave a conference without a conference to go to. Yeah. I haven't heard of anything like that ever.
0: Yeah. So they're so, asking, like you said, they're and, and they have the gall, I love that word, you have the gall to request a month extension on the deadline. You don't get to ask that. Hey, you know what, we want it both ways. We want to leave you guys, leave you high and dry, and then also, you know, we want to not pay that much. Is that okay with you?
1: And give us an extra month to decide or see what Pac-12 does is really what it sounds like for their TV contract. Like you said, it it probably might not be done in a week and a half, so they want a month extra.
0: Now, what if it's not the Pac-12? What if the Big 12? What if the Big 12 wants them? And
1: we've heard the Big 12 might be the other conference if the Pac-12 somehow doesn't work out for them then the Big 12 might be a conference that's looking to expand. With San Diego State, remember, besides football, their basketball team played in the championship game last year, this year. They're really attractive right now. The market is not L.A., but with everything they offer, I think it is at a new stadium, good facilities, I guess. It sounds like they're an attractive get. But, again, if you're not yeah. – I mean, if, if, if you got to get invited to the party before you're at the party. People talk about a Hawaii going to the Pac-12. You can't go there unless you're invited to that party. And the same thing with San Diego State right now. So it was weird to see that come out the way it did on Friday. And there could be a chance where – You know, it's almost like Roxy Bernstein a few minutes ago was saying the Oakland A's sound like a done done deal going to Vegas. It's not a done deal yet. It's very close. San Diego State sounds like they're leaving and they're going to a Power Five conference. Why else would you leave? You're not leaving to go independent. You're going to upgrade your your income by going to the Pac-12 or the Big 12. But to do this, and again, the timing makes sense if you're thinking why did they do that without a conference. Because the exit fee is a lot cheaper. But if they don't get invited somehow, which it sounds crazy right now, but they haven't been invited yet, uh, they could be left hanging. And I, I
0: wonder, I wonder if the uh, the but do they have these kind of behind closed doors talks where somebody, whoever the commissioner is for the Pac-12, is saying, "Hey, you know what? Um, just be patient. You're on our list. We guarantee you, you're first on the list. We'll be giving you a call." That's There's what gotta I be think. Something like- Got to be something like that going on, right?
1: That would make sense in th- th- for the fact that they have this situation where they might not have a conference, where actually they do have a handshake agreement or something like that. But it can't be official until the Pac-12 has that TV and streaming deal and all that. The other report I saw from Yahoo Sports is that not only is the Pac-12 looking at a UNLV, San Diego oh. State, and maybe a Fresno and or Boise, but uh. SMU and San Diego State seem the two most likely candidates, according to Yahoo Sports, of joining the pac 12 next uh, not next year but in their next uh, expansion smu and think about the market there dallas fort worth that's a big right. market um huge so that's i think that's what they add almost more than their football and or basketball teams which have been
0: okay here and wow. there wow so yeah so if this so and there's dominoes that are going to fall i'm just waiting for them yes in yes. the interest of uh, interesting sports talk right because we could lose san diego state fresno state and UNLV. I would just be crushed if, if we lost UNLV. I mean, maybe we could just play them every year in some kind of, uh, you know, rivalry game, right? Probably could. You know, I mean, you know, just play them as often as uh, New Mexico State. I'm sure they'd like to play us. Yeah, well, UNLV, just like a lot of Mountain West schools, plays the Pac-12,
1: two, three times a year in non-conference. So if you join the Pac-12, we can do the same thing with the Mountain West, play at two, of those, two or three of those schools.
0: Right. So... Maybe that could and, happen. And Fresno State, I mean, the, the, we, we've we played uh, no team more, does that make sense, than Fresno State. Yeah. That's the team, that's our op- opponent we played the most in UH football history is Fresno State. And to have those guys leave, then what do you do? So what do you do if you're the Mountain West Conference? Well, I think in today's, you go back to what you used to do years ago and have uh, like 16 teams get as many teams as you can because all these other the power conferences are going to they're going to be cannibalizing themselves, right? The Big mm, yeah. 10 or Big 12 are going after the Pac-12 schools. They're the they seem to be the weakest. So they're going to they're going to take as many of those guys. It, basically, you're going to have when all is said and done is you're going to have some group of 5 or maybe by then it's a group of 4 conference teams, right? The Fantastic Four, we'll call them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you're going to have the SEC and the Big Ten. I hate the thought of that. And or at you've SEC, said I'm sorry, or SEC, Big Ten, and Big 12. That's it. No more Big East, no more a bunch of stuff.
1: Well, there's no Big East right now in football, but even um, right. the, the ACC we hear is in maybe danger. Yeah. And they've got, I think, 16 schools right now. And, you know, in basketball, they used to be dominant, not lately. Football, they have Clemson. And they're obviously the best team, but you've got a North Carolina here and there, Florida state sort of coming back. Yeah. But you don't. St- still, it's a conference that I would never think would lose big time school or have a chance of just totally disbanding. But again, Lisa Horn said what you said for years on our show Friday. Lisa was making it it's like it's going to be the SEC, Big Ten, and then it's going to expand. They're going to be
0: they'll be the two super conferences, and that'll be almost it. I don't know Scary. if you're going to have. Yeah, and it'll it will become it will become and we're just stealing off of what our guests have been saying. It will become a minor league system. It will become mm. a it, you know, it'll become a professional system. So much money is going to pour into those conferences from businesses and collectives and all of that stuff. That it's going to be and it's and you'll have the haves and have nots as you always do. And, you know, will, will we be one of the have-nots because of a location? Probably. But I don't look at it as a have-nots. I, it's really going to be two different leagues. I, I hate that. It,
1: not that it scares me. I love college sports. We all do. And the setup that they currently have maybe isn't perfect for basketball and football, but it works. For the most part, it works. And if you have more separation from the group of five mid-majors and the power five, it's not good for college sports. It's not good for the fans, at least. It's good for money for the schools that are going to make more, but then you're having more separation, and I think it's pretty good the way it is. So it really mm-hmm. kind of concerns me that it might go away. And it looks like it's headed yeah. that way, especially in football.
0: And that's why, and that's why you know what? I, we'll get into this uh, coming up next. we got to go to break here. But that's why... You need to make the Mountain West Conference as big as possible. Now, in the, back in the day, having 16 teams didn't work out. It was like you're spread too thin. But it's, uh, as Bob Dylan would say, the times, they are <laughs> a-changing. Hey, uh, check out ESPNHonolulu.com or uh, our YouTube channel and join Cole Mausoff for the latest edition of Athletes with a capital Eats. It's actually Athel Eats. <laughs> Uh, check it out. Latest episode features a uh, um, former University of Hawaii volleyball player. Um, I'm sorry. I, 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 I lost it. it. It's right in front of me, and something's going on with my computer. Uh, Kanaia Kana uh, sits down with uh, Cole Momsoff, and you can join him. Uh, they're going to be eating down at Asahi Grill. You can find out about that place, too. And uh, check it out, Athletes with Komalsoff. Brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Hey, join us for the really big road show live from Growler, Hawaii, coming up Wednesday already. Hey, that's my sister Ui's birthday this Wednesday. Uncle Kimamo's birthday is this month, too. Oh, really? Happy birthday, Uncle. Hey unks, happy birthday, brah. Uh, our guest list for the really big road show is June Jones, Hawaii athletic director Craig Angeles and Coach Bud to be a lot of fun there.
1: Hey, I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if you heard about this, and I'm sure Tanner probably did, but there was a report. I believe Ben Bolin was the first person who'd been uh, with the Boston Globe and comes on our show every couple Does of months. Does this have
0: something to do with San Diego State football, like we said? We're
1: no, but I think we only got about a minute left, so I just wanted to bring up something. If you okay, bring something this. up. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. That um, Anyway, Go ahead. Aaron Rodgers uh, supposedly had an offer to get traded to New England. And they yeah. put a package together before the Jets obviously got him. And Aaron Rodgers told his agent to say no. He did not want to go to New England. I think if he would have went to New England, just partly, uh, maybe more than just partly because of the coaching, Bill Belichick over Robert Sala, that they might, he might have had a better chance for success this year. Uh, I know the Jets have some really good young talent. You know, they got Garrett Wilson. But I didn't. this just came out the other day. And I don't know if it was major news. But Aaron Rodgers had that opportunity and said no, he did not want to go there. He wanted to be a New York Jet. I mean, I
0: guess I'm glad about
1: that, but that that was a little surprising to hear.
0: I don't know what to say about that. How about? I wouldn't want to. I don't. I think a lot of people probably wouldn't want to go, especially if you're an established star, because Aaron Rodgers, with his ego, and it's okay to have an ego, but you're going to be the number two guy there. You're going to have to fit into the. The Bill Belichick culture, when obviously Aaron Rodgers is a guy that's all about himself. wonder if that's the reason he said no? That makes sense for him I'm sure to not would want be. it. Why yeah. would you want to go down there? Well, you might have, have a, a chance to win. Like Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback that ever played, and you're the coach putting him down in front of everybody at meetings. Why would you want to go through any of that? Well, if you, have, if, you have, if you have a chance to win a Super Bowl with
1: a better coaching staff than the Jets, that might. And again, I'm not sure what Aaron Rodgers' priority is. I would imagine winning. I mean, he's going to get would paid. Think,
0: I would think the Jets have a more of a chance to win a Super Bowl than the New England Patriots. On
1: paper, their roster is probably better right now, yes, without right. And, the, and yeah. these guys
0: in New England, they're getting arrested for carrying guns and all kinds of stuff nowadays. Yeah, that's true, too. So I'm much for sure. the uh, New England Patriots' culture. Yeah, Patriot Nation. Hey, we don't have anybody for hard knocks
1: yet, do we? No, they they asked Detroit. Uh, supposedly, they're going, to, they're going to ask Detroit to do it two years in a row because the four teams that are eligible by the criteria have uh, showed that they do, are not willing to be on right. hard
0: knocks. But now this show is owned, so to speak, by the NFL. Yes. Or whatever partnership deal they have with, is it HBO? HBO. With yes. HBO. It's, somebody's got to do it. I don't know that everyone's allowed to go, I don't want to do it. Then they, they got to pick. Roger Goodell is going to step forward and go, okay, you know what? You're either going to volunteer or you're going to be voluntold.
1: Yes. Jets and Cleveland were two of those
0: teams. Or Jets were one of the teams. Uh, I know that fit the criteria. I would love to see the Jets. I don't want to see the Cleveland Browns. Dag. All right, it's time to go. Okay, coming up next, uh, our top stories. Also, I want to give it, who's a good fit for the Mountain West Conference? We've got to get to 16 teams. What's going to happen to the Pac-12? That and more on the way. Sports Animals in the Morning on Juneteenth on ESPN Honolulu. Top things to know on this Juneteenth. Congratulations to Wyndham Clark. A life-changing day yesterday at the U.S. Open at the L.A. Country Club. Clark, uh, Clark beats Rory McIlroy by one to win the U.S. Open.
1: Definitely a feel-good story. The drama there on Sunday with such a close finish there. And for a guy that not a lot of people have heard of until recently, he's made $7.2 million over the last month or so. Pretty, nice. pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah, pretty good if you can find that, uh, if you can find it. the uh, Let's see, there's a lot of trades, actually, and, and a lot of uh, off-court action happening in the NBA. Yeah, there have been a few draft picks t-
1: twitched here and there. In fact, the Denver Nuggets got in on that. But the big one, kind of a blockbuster in a way, Bradley Beal finally – exiting Washington, and he and his $50 million a year average or a little higher will be going to the Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul. Landry Shemet is also a pretty good three-point shooter out of Wichita State uh, going to the Wizards and a couple of second-round draft picks. So Washington doesn't get a ton in return, and the talk is they're going to get rid of Chris Paul either via trade or buyout. They're clearing up cap space. I guess they feel we're not winning with this roster. Blow it up. Get the money and try to reinvest with some stars. For the Phoenix Suns, they're trying to win now.
0: Yeah, let's get let's get uh, Bradley Beal's dad on, Larry, Larry. <laughs> talk about his son's success so far. And that they're not related. I
1: I think distant no? distant relative, not not father son.
0: I thought oh distant I thought th- th- that's why Larry Beal's always in a good mood because his son is Bradley Beal.
1: Well, I mean, see, Larry changed the spelling, apparently, so his is B-E-I-L. B-E-A-L is Bradley, so it might have been a little problem there between the two. I'm not sure. Really?
0: Yeah. I've always thought, that's how Larry spells his last name? B-E-I-L, yes. Is that like a showbiz name? I I don't think so. I'm not sure. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. All right. uh, We were talking about San Diego State. Should I stay or should I go now? Sh- San Diego State wants to, uh, they want an extension. Uh, they go- they, go- they want to leave. Hey, everyone in the Mountain West, we want to leave you because we're just better than you are. And uh, they got a little attitude when they got that little stadium. So now they have like attitude. They're all, we want to leave. Uh, but you know what? If you're going to fine us, we don't want to pay that much. So can we have an extension? So basically, th- what the deal is. Uh, if you're just uh, turning in, thank you, and if you've we've gone through this already, bear with me for a second, that um, they're going to have to pay $17 million as an exit fee. Now, if they leave on July 1st or later, that doubles to $34 million. And they're going, hey, we want to leave, but can we have an extension on that so that you, we don't get penalized so much? Gloria Navarez, the new uh, uh, commissioner of the Mountain West Conference, is like, uh, yeah, that's going to be a hard no. When you see teams, schools,
1: paying that much in an exit fee, and that's actually a low amount, $17 million, compared to, like, Power 5 schools. It amazes me that you're going to another conference for money. That's the reason for exposure. it help your program in every way possible, including financially. And you're willing to pay 17 to $50 million to leave so you can start making more money after. That's a big, that's a big fine, so to speak, for leaving a conference. Still, schools do it all the time.
0: Right, because you're going to make that money back. Ten years from now, that's the way you got to look at it is, okay, we're going to pay, say, 34, make it around $35 million to leave. Uh, we'll lose money for the first couple of years, and then after that, boom. And right. then w- when our conference gets eaten up by the Big Ten or the SEC, then we'll be making this much more money. In five years or whatever it is.
1: We were talking last hour with uh, Roxy Bernstein about the Oakland A's leaving, about all the Oakland teams that have left the Raiders. Uh, Oakland A's about to leave Warriors across the bay. But even for colleges, when you leave a conference, and I'm a Maryland basketball fan, they left the ACC for you the are? Big Ten. I hated okay. that. And, you know, Hawaii, you know. we, And we, they've been crap ever since. Well, kind of, in a way. Hawaii now, I mean, they leave the WAC before the WAC disintegrated. And, you know, they go to the Mountain West for football. It worked out. But to have schools leave – and I don't think there's any school in the Mountain West right now that if they had a chance to go to the Pac-12 would say no. We know Hawaii would go if, if invited. I mean, the money is just too great to turn down. It's all about money. But it's also sad that the history and tradition – and the Mountain West has only been around 23, four years, whatever it is. Still, right. I, I, I don't like when schools leave either. I mean, you have rivalries that, you know, all, all of a sudden go away. Texas, Texas A&M in football. Maryland, Duke, and basketball. Uh, and when, you know, BYU left the whack you know,
0: they, all the rivalries there. But by playing them every year, it all goes away. All right. And we're going to go to the Zephyr Insurance text line. I see you guys text. I also want to get into uh, Tanner is standing by. Some of his thoughts on who he thinks would be good additions to the Mountain West Conference. Now, they should make this conference as big as possible. Uh, that should be a 16-team conference. But um, I'm really interested is there's got to be a domino to fall. And is San Diego State going to be the first one? I'm going to go back to what I've always said. The WAC became the Mountain West. The Mountain West will become the Pac-12. But it's not only the money and the TV contracts of this Pac-12, which might not look anything like it does today. Bowl affiliations. Is the Pac-12 going to be so, um, I don't know the word, So uh, because I'm dumb, so junk that um, they're not going to have some of these big bowl, you know, are they going to still play the Rose Bowl, right? Or is the Rose Bowl going to be something totally different? Since money is changing everything, does the Rose Bowl, you know, their affiliations change to follow the money as well? Kimo, thank you for texting in on the Zephyr Insurance text line. He says, if Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten and Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and uh, Arizona State go to the Big 12, The PAC-12 will be left with Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford. This would force the remaining PAC-12 schools to either pull in new schools or join the Mountain West. The PAC-12 situation in some ways reminds me of when the Southwest Conference died. SMU, TCU, and Rice joined the WAC based on potential TV markets. Oh, that's interesting. Right. See, now, I don't see the the PAC-12... Wouldn't join the Mountain West. It would be the Mountain West joining the Pac-12. Right. That's right. what it would. Be. Uh, he also, Kimo, thank you for texting. in again, he says another scenario is if the the six Pac-12 schools, six pack, <laughs> the six <laughs> Pac-12 schools leave is for the four remaining Pac-12 schools to take up uh, to take the top Mountain West conference and form a new conference. I don't know if you would form a new conference. The Pac 12 still has history. Right, and you still have records and you still have marketing value. There is marketing value uh, to the the Pac 12 name. The only two
1: conferences I can think of, Mountain West, obviously, in 99, I guess it was, and the AAC. A new conference. Other than that, you know, I mean, the Power Five conferences don't become, none of them have ever changed their names. I mean, even the Sun, what was it? The Southwest Athletic Conference was where Arkansas and Texas and all those schools were be in before, before the right. Big Ten. Uh, Big Eight, it was actually the Big Eight before that. But that wasn't considered a Power Five conference, was it? Would you say? I don't know. It's before
0: my time. Yeah. Almost before mine, in a way too, but I get a power. you like, conference. hey, they got this new coach named Bo Schembechler. <laughs> I don't think the Pac-12
1: will ever totally go away. That name will probably be around forever, probably, but
0: nothing's guaranteed as we know. Okay, here's one. It says, uh, "Thank you guys for texting in. Thanks for listening today." It says, "If Las Vegas, I mean UNLV, if Vegas and Fresno does leave, it doesn't look good for Hawaiis." travel will be farther away not good at all Las Vegas meaning UNLV leaves San Diego is going to hear teams to replace them Cal Poly Portland State UC Davis
1: but if that happened the travel wouldn't be worse uh, even if let's say you go to the you go to the Texas and take any of those Texas schools going to going you go to New Mexico pretty much in football every uh, once every four years I guess it would be well now it's going to be a little different uh, right. but so, Dallas is a easier flight actually. So I don't want to travel even though it's a long flight. It's 7 8 hours to
0: Dallas from here. Is um, it cheaper? Is it cheaper to fly to Dallas than it is to Las Vegas? No, no, it wouldn't be. No. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Vegas is Because I know they pump those Vegas prices up a little bit. Well, they,
1: the, the summer, everything goes up, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, I've flown to Dallas a few times on my way to College
0: Station. And oh, sidebar, sidebar. Yeah. Did you see that Hawaiian Airlines was having the big flash sale? They had like, s- $85 one-way flights? I saw the email on it, yes, yes. Oh, you should have looked at it because they had New York ones. Oh, they did? At, like Not $85, but it was no, like no. 200 oh, yeah.
1: something or something like that. Right. Those great deals they have every now and then, sure.
0: Anyway, sure. back to the subject it had. Ye-
1: yes. It was- so, I mean, again, if, if let's say the Mountain West loses a couple of schools, then I, a lot of us are thinking or wondering, you know, what is, where do they go next? So you would think you're going to go to another Group of Fives conference, whether it's a Sunbelt Conference USA uh, for, for FBS schools. I don't think you would necessarily get an FCS school to jump up, but there's always that possibility. But, again, if you get maybe any of those Texas schools, uh, geographically, it's far, but it's probably an easy flight. And mm. you know, you and I talked about it. I think on Friday about some of those schools are actually having some decent football teams every now and then, like North Texas. They're at Conference USA. They've had some success. Texas San Antonio, I think, has been okay here and
0: there. A oh, couple you, of those USTA schools have a and those, but those schools are really committed to making themselves better. USTA, what, what are they in? What are they in now? I think they're Conference UTSA, USA. I sorry, I think Conference I USA. I keep saying USTA. The United States te- tennis is- the United oh, States tennis associate the United States tennis association is a pretty good football team. That's what I've been saying. But <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so the uh, um, so anyway, we-, we need to start getting prepared to collect some teams in the Mountain West Conference. Is it Cal Poly? I mean, we used to play Cal, Cal Poly back in the Dick Tomey days, I believe. But they're uh, FCS. F- 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 right I, I don't know I don't so, know, i mean I don't know if you want to so you, 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 you're going to try is the mountain west are they going to try and make this whole across the country footprint are they going to try and stay in the mountain area or in the west like they are you're not you don't have that many choices well you have, you have, well, you have a lot of group of five schools it depends
1: how far you want to go a uh, and are they willing to jump you know let's say let's say you're a school out of the AAC or conference u s a Why would you want to necessarily go to the Mountain West? Now, if they have a better TV package, yeah. And I think that's important to keep a school like Boise there. Because let's say the Mountain West loses San Diego State like we're expecting. Let's just say, for example, Boise is the second team that goes to the Pac-12. The Mountain West, football-wise, is not as big of a conference. I would think for the next TV contract, you might get a little less. You lose a San Diego market that's not too small and you lose two good football teams, I would think it would be a little bit less of an attractive conference for others to join if you lose those two schools.
0: What if you go and somebody texted in UTSA uh, um, and North Dakota? See, so what if you got your Montana, Montana State, North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota, you know, those types of teams?
1: They've got to commit the money part of, you know, transitioning to D-Y. Ah, they get, they get. I don't know how they stand financially, and also they're very successful on their level. But they want—I I, again—if they wanted to go D or FBS, wouldn't they have done it? Or maybe one of those schools would have done it. And they've been really talented. We know how good when Carson Wentz and Trey Lance and all those guys were been around at Dakota, how good they were. But they've never shown to me,
0: what I can tell, any interest to go to FBS. Okay, uh, Kimo texted in again. And then I'm going to get Tanner to chime in on this, too, because he's uh, following this along very closely. But Kimo says, okay, Sacramento State, let's go Hornets. Pretty impressed with my knowledge of the mascot, aren't you?
1: (laughs) Yes, very, very.
0: Sacramento State, New Mexico State, uh, UT San Antonio, UC Davis, Montana, Montana State, South Dakota State, North Dakota State. But, again, Thank you got to wonder up.
1: if these FCS schools want to, first of all, and if the Mountain West would want them. This is Sports
0: Talk Radio. We can make any kind of wish list we want. Okay, I'm going to remember that.
1: Tanner,
2: what say you? What's nice is a lot of people are kind of, I think we're all reading the same things, and they think there's a lot of really great additions you can make. And of the names named, pretty much all of them are really great choices. You know, when you think of teams that stay in the FBS, you think of the Texas States, the Utah. The uh, UTEP, New Mexico State. The thing with adding two teams like a New Mexico State and a UTEP, you now have built-in rivalries, at least within the Mountain West, because you mm. have the New Mexico New, Mexi- New Mexico, State rivalry, which I'm not sure if that'll ever come up again because of what happened last year in their mm. situation. Yeah, what uh, happened? It, it was Some the whole shooting that shooting. happened yeah. with, between students after the game. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. But then there's also the New Mexico State UTEP, Uh, rivalry that happens because they're right across the border from each other. As you know, Both really bad. Yeah. I mean, they're one is middling and one is getting better. New Mexico State last year had a really great uh, upgrade, at least in football. And they've always been a pretty good basketball school as well. So that's also good for the Mountain West when you're not just thinking football. But I like the the thought of adding from the FCS because I love the idea of bringing a a game like Montana and Montana State, a game that has been uh, featured on ESPN before. They've had College Game Day go up there for those games. And another thing to think about, not only financially, you've got to think about capacity-wise for these stadiums as well. Montana Stadium has 25,000. Montana State has 20,000. North Dakota State, 18.7. South Dakota State, 19.3. Sacramento State has 21,000 apparently as well. So you look at a lot of these schools, I like the idea because they have the ability to have a lot of really great seating. And all it's pretty much is up to is whether or not, like what Gary said, if they want to make that jump. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would be slightly adverse to a North Dakota or South Dakota state just because of how far it is. But if you consider Texas State, they all lie right right around the same uh, vertical line Uh as well. So if you're considering one, you... Probably have to start considering the other.
0: Yeah, I like it. and you know what they're proven pro. They're they're it, I, you know it's FCS, but I these mean, are all proven programs, proven programs, and you know they're known in Montana and Montana State. That would be cool because then you can go up and see the Yellowstone Ranch. And huh? also with Sacramento, John Dutton and, and uh, those guys up there, we can you know go ahead and visit them if you're with on John a road Dutton. game. I was also going to say John Sacramento- Dutton is the John Dutton is the uh, the owner, uh, the guy who's trying to save the ranch from the people. Who are trying to take it over? Oh, you know a lot about the Yellowstone Ranch. Well, Impressed. it's a t- it's a TV series. Oh, okay. I thought it was. <laughs> you never <laughs> heard of the Yellowstone? I've heard of
1: Yellowstone. I didn't. I thought Yellowstone Ranch was something you know definite that was actually in the news. I know Yellowstone.
0: I didn't know. All right, Tanner is <laughs> chomping at the bit to finish <laughs> up. Go ahead, Tanner. What I wanted
2: to say was the good thing about adding a Sacramento State is because you do you, we're going to lose San Diego State. So you think of Sacramento State and you think of the market. I mean, it's the capital of California. So you add a school like that, and I know a lot of people in the Sacramento area that do follow Hornets football very closely. Oh. So that's also adding another big market, adding another California market, especially after losing such a big one like San Diego.
0: And there's been uh, there uh, we played their baseball team a number of times. They actually recruit here in Hawaii. Sacramento State does, so you know we're kind of partners, you know, kind of friends. True, we're on friendly terms. All right, thank you, uh, thank you, T Dub. Huh? How cool am I with that, Gary? Uh, they Tanner roll Hayworth. Off the tongue, the T-dub. T-Dub. The Worth. I mean, he's actually a T-H, but T-Dub <laughs> sounds better. Yeah, what is T-Dub? <laughs> his first name is Tanner Hay. God, a lot of people don't know that.
1: Yeah, a lot of people. They think his name is Tanner. Tanner
0: Hayworth. It's not. It's Tanner Hayworth. <laughs> Thanks, T-Dub. 18 minutes after the hour, more with the sports animals in the morning featuring Tanner Hay. Next on ESPN Honolulu.
1: We've been talking uh, conference realignment because it's always in the news, mainly because of the San Diego State news. And we got an interesting and it's, always text on this. it's always changing.
0: It's always changing.
1: Never a surprise, and it never dies down. Uh, here's yeah. a text somebody's saying uh, first, he was talking about Angels and Otani are hot from earlier, but he says, Are you guys serious? We we're oh, we don't joke about anything we're always serious. <laughs> uh, he says we need to take teams based on football entries in the conference, right? Football pays all the bills and capitals. All the teams like Montana will not draw fans here in the stands or TV adding those teams, we'd be going down a step. Sac State, Montana, Montana State, we won't need 30,000-seat stadium if they join. We, always grumbling about the schedule, right? No big teams, and those teams might not count for the bowl-eligible win. Well, if they join the Mountain West, they would count because they'd be an FBS school. That's what we're talking about. Would the Mountain West maybe to hope or try to get some of these power FCS teams to join and go up a level? Uh, okay. If they do, you still have the game's for bowl, affili-
0: bowl eligibility okay so if hawaii I, I, because people in the know who are um you know football fans they'll know that north dakota state and montana and montana state these are really good football programs at their level if people are going to watch us play them don't now don't steer off the side of the road i'm just going to say this because it just thought came the little thought came in my head what if hawaii just goes to fcs so that you can play all of those teams and join those conferences Would people not watch it because it's FCS, but they would watch it if it was an FBS game, same opponents? Some
1: would. Some would not watch because it's not the same level of football. Some, I don't know what about. But financially, I don't know if it makes as much sense because one thing, you're probably not going to have to pay the travel subsidies to these schools if they're FCS, but are those schools going to be able to afford to come here if you're an FCS school not making any any of the revenue that you normally get?
0: Yeah, and they might be fine with being in the FCS and dominating on the FCS level. But thank you for texting in the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. But you are partially right that football is the moneymaker, right? Sure. That's why whenever you're talking about conference realignment, people talk about they're, what they're talking about is football. Now, in the case of San Diego State joining the Big 12, they they're you know in the Big 12 and the ACC and some of these other ones, their basketball teams are selling out 20,000-seat arenas or 15,000-seat Arenas and so San Diego State has always been a good basketball program. And last year, you mentioned that they were they were the runner-ups. I mean, they uh, almost won a national championship in basketball. So that's a, that's a that's a little something else that you bring to the party. Is you have a you have a big enough city on the West Coast, and you have a good basketball team. The football pro- program's good too. So your football program's good, basketball program's good. You're on the West Coast. It's just it just makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I think when the when the texter was saying about all those schools, Montana, Montana State, Sac State, I don't think any of us are suge- suggesting that if the Mountain West gets three or four of these oh. FCS schools. Maybe if those are the schools you could choose to get one or two to join the conference if we lose one or two on that.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I I just got a text. Thanks, Chris. I just crashed. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. Anyway, hope everybody's having a great Juneteenth Freedom Day today. I still don't understand how slaves were freed like two and a half years. I gotta go back and, because I probably read this in history somewhere, but I gotta go back and understand why it took two and a half years after President Lincoln signed and you were around you were reading the papers <laughs> back then the uh, the Emancipation Proclamation two and a half years later they're like, yeah, okay everyone's free. It's like really? Man, yeah. that things move slow. And, and it wasn't even, Hawaii wasn't even a state to show them how to move so slowly.
1: Yeah, right. Raises questions, <laughs> that's for sure. That's a long time to wait.
0: All right. Uh, okay, anyway, thank you guys for uh, texting in on the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, hope you're enjoying. Hope you got the day off. I-, I saw some sad news. And, I mean, sad is in something happened that could have been prevented. And I'm not talking about. You know, a student athlete, an 18- or 19-year-old student athlete that made bad choices. I'm talking about a 69-year-old man, a legend and a fixture at his school and state, who made a horrible decision, and it's actually, he's made a series of them. Bob Huggins, over the weekend, resigned as the West Virginia basketball coach. What an ugly situation it was at the arrest scene.
1: It was. He was in Pittsburgh, which isn't too far away from West Virginia, and his SUV was stopped at an intersection. They got pulled over. They investigated. I guess his tire was punctured, you know, broken up or whatever, and he was just there. It was shredded. There. His tire was shredded, Threaded. which
0: means he, was dri- he got a flat tire, and he continued to drive on it. Yeah. He probably had no clue at what was going on.
1: His blood alcohol level was more than double the legal amount, and he knew that was bad news, even more so because a month or so ago he said something on a podcast, I believe, in Cincinnati, and he got suspended for the first I forget how many games of the season he was going to be suspended for. So he resigned. You know, he he did the right thing, unfortunately. I, I've been a Bob Huggins fan for a long time. Now he was at Cincinnati. And he also got pulled over for a DUI. And what I had heard, there was a, a, a coach when I was hosting for the Diamond Head, it was probably the Rainbow then, from Iowa State, who told me the story that was going around the coaching ranks. Even Rick Pitino, when he was here this past December, that story came up, and he acknowledged it, that the athletic director at Cincinnati did not like Bob Huggins. One of the reasons, main reason he left, went to Kansas State first before West mm-hmm. Virginia. And she set him up. She knew he'd be drinking at whatever club or bar he was at and told the police to watch out for this alleged drunk driver at whatever time he might be leaving. They were hanging out. He got pulled over, got arrested. DUI. Uh, He survived that initially but ended up leaving. So, again, that was like 20 years ago probably. Again, no excuse for what he did, and I'm glad he said he let everybody down, including himself. You know, he he acknowledged it instead of trying to fight it or make up some dumb excuse and things like that. It's still on the basketball court. He is a Hall of Famer. I think he's like the third third or fourth all-time winningest coach. He's up there he's really right. up there and uh it's 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 sad but it was the right thing to do I feel bad for his players they had a really big recruiting class via the transfer portal because of the mm. Nil money they have raised there like one of the best transfer portal classes coming in now those wow. players are in limbo
0: that's and, and I would imagine they would be allowed to leave if even if they signed that they would be allowed to leave in this situation i would I would probably almost guarantee that so I would think so too Right, so but I mean, it's like a guy. the game to do that. It's so well, and come to Hawaii. Yeah. So I mean, this guy is so messed up. He's sitting there in traffic. Obviously, been driving for a while on a flat tire, shredded next to the car. He's sitting there in the middle of an intersection. Driver's side door is open. It's kind of slumped over. The police say, "Hey, you got to move this car." He tries to, but he can't. Can't operate the vehicle. They ask him, where, you know, where you know what what state you're in. He's like, no. I mean, Andy Reid's son. I guess he didn't. Did that little girl die? I thought she not just had cancer surgery. City, not that one, but, but she'll she did, be she'll be a, she has a brain damage and something. That's, you know, you have to deal with the rest of your life. Can you imagine how many times that Bob Huggins has gotten into a car drunk, and how lucky you are? And I don't mean to be a, a preacher on this, but. I mean, I love a good beer like anybody else. But if I'm at a family party or at a bar, which I don't go to, but if I was, my wife or somebody would make I'm mean, sure they're driving. I mean, I like to have a beer at home. I mean, this is the exact reason. I mean, how scary it is. You could have you killed somebody. He could've. You could have. You could have ruined a family for life. How, time after time after time. How hard is it just go? hey, give me an Uber? I well, mean, this, happened maybe at eight, that. this happened at 8.30 at night, which means he was probably drinking at lunch.
1: Well, we don't know that. I mean, maybe he has taken Ubers before, maybe for whatever reason. a different. I mean, we don't know. Either way, he was wrong. But I do agree, it's not the only time when he got caught that he's probably done it. Still, I mean, again, he he took the high road in the aspect that he resigned pretty much immediately, took total ownership and responsibility for this, broke down talking to his players. He did the only thing he could really do to help. The program, if there's any such thing that can help them now, still is a yeah. tough situation. But, again, on the court, again, at Cincinnati, I think he went to 11 out of 15 years, the NCAA, and at West Virginia, something like 10 out of 12. He's been a very, very good coach on the, bas- on, the on the college level. I love what he's cared and about. And not a player. bad guy,
0: just yeah. making stupid decisions. Yeah, and, you know, one of his
1: former assistants was Billy Hahn, who's a good friend of mine. who just passed away last month. Oh, uh, no. But he was on our show a few years ago, and he was assistant at West Virginia after leaving Maryland. And I said, why don't you guys ever come out here for the Diamond Head? And he said, it's all because of Bob Huggins. He will not fly that long. He doesn't want to get on a plane for 12 hours. And that was yeah. the reason they never came here. I guess they were invited over the years.
0: Yeah. All right. It's 831. Uh, oh, somebody texted in uh, on the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. Have you talked about the All-State boys volleyball team? Well, yeah, it's basically made up of uh, Kamehameha, Punahou, and Moanalua players. And they sprinkled in a couple of Iolani guys, just to be fair. It was just dominant by those teams, volleyball in Hawaii. But, uh, yeah, player of the year, Gatorade player of the year, Kainoa Wade. And, uh, of course, uh, on Friday he verbally committed to play for the University of Hawaii. And I think that was uh, kind of the deal. It's like uh, this is my house. You will play for my team. And you know he's six? Is he six eight? Is that what they are listing Six is? eight, right like, now as a sophomore. And so he's still growing, Charlie. Oh, he's a yet. sophomore.
1: Yeah, he's only a sophomore.
0: Why is he committing two years out? It's a Did Charlie commit. do that so people stop trying to commit him on the mainland? Well, it's, I mean, just, probably
1: that's part of the reason I would think, just to make sure everybody realizes that. But yeah, yeah people part from, of
0: that. P- people in Penn State and stuff—they're like, or Ohio State—they're like calling Charlie's house. He's all, "Hello." I'm the Hawaii volleyball coach. Stop you, calling my house. You
1: would think he'd be a hard guy to flip from his verbal commit. It happens in a yeah. lot of sports, but I don't think you're going to get the coach's son unless unless Charlie cuts his allowance, cuts his allowance, no. and he can threaten him. No,
0: no, no. Right now, right now, um, Kainoa Wade is like, Dad, what's my nil? Give me, <laughs> what's the nil deal? I'm not, back, I'm not mowing lawns anymore. I'm not watching car. You have the your car. own bedroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 8:33 with the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu. Happy Juneteenth. We'll be right back.
1: We were talking uh, Oakland A's baseball last hour. I just want to talk a little bit more MLB, more specifically for the Hawaii players in the major leagues, the four players currently on rosters. And we did have a Colton Wong sighting yesterday for Seattle. Hasn't played in over a week. Uh, He just hasn't been able to crack the lineup with that batting average. He does bat ninth yesterday. Does go one for three. Struck out twice. And his batting average, I think, went up a few points to 157. Still, not where you'd want it to be. Kirby Yates for the Atlanta Braves. Seems like every time he pitches, it's usually the sixth or seventh inning. And it's for exactly one inning. He pitched the seventh yesterday. Let up three hits. Let up one run. Not too bad. His ERA went up to 3.42. The Braves did win that game rather easily.
0: But he did let up that one run. That's a great gig, man. You're like, okay couple times a week I'm going to throw for one inning I'll throw out you know maybe 15 16 pitches and then go back and sit down for the rest of the week yeah
1: pretty easy work i, I guess. mean i'm it's sure he
0: good. wants to play more but yeah. anyway okay so role. uh what uh, who else
1: Isaiah kind of Falapa uh or felifa, Falifa Falifa that we're hearing is the right pronunciation. He Fally went 0-3 fa- yesterday. The Yankees had a doubleheader against the Red Sox. He played in game one, <clears throat> 0 for 3 batting average at two thirty-three. But on Friday, however, uh, he played in the field and also pitched 1 inning when the Yankees uh, did not do too well against Boston. He let up only two hits, no runs, or you yeah, no runs, and his ERA went down to a 9.0, which is still pretty high. His second outing of the season. <laughs> his ERA. Josh.
0: Really, hey, we're going to need you to get that uh, that ERA down, uh, you know, from a 9 to a 6. Yeah,
1: get it down a little by little, I guess. Now,
0: Josh Rojas. But, but he before yeah. you go to Josh Rojas, kinder Falefa, he did something good, I saw, in, um, like a, a game-winning game winning scored a run or something he I stole home on plate. they made a big deal about it on sports center he
1: stole home against the mets the other day uh the, it was the yankees, against who the mets who well the team that beat the yankees that day the mets yes <laughs> <laughs> uh i think he scored i think the third run he actually walked stole second to throw in oh the i thought field. it was at the
0: end of the game
1: it was like the seventh inning uh, i think it was uh, Still, he,
0: how often does someone steal home during the season? It's the first
1: time Three a Yankee times? has done it, I think, in like six, seven years, something like that.
0: Woo. So it's very rare. So
1: that was kind of cool. And it did, it did kind of go viral, especially here, but even nationally, because you don't see it that often. You're right. So he got his pitching appearance. Also, Josh Rojas for Arizona, you know, his batting average is starting to go down. Came in as a pinch runner, played third base, went 0 for 1 with a walk, Batting average of two thirty five, but he also pitched because uh, the game was a blowout. They lost to Cleveland 12-3. He pitched the ninth inning, did not let up a run, did let up one hit. His ERA, he leads the majors, by the way. Josh Rojas leads the major leagues with an ERA of 0.0. 0. Nobody in the major leagues, Chris, has a better ERA than Josh Rojas. I can't imagine him not making the all-star team as a pitcher.
0: Wow. Now you know I'm joking. That's awesome. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> I figured you would be the one to know I'm joking more than anybody else, but
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my mind for a moment. I thought you were talking about something else. ERA. He get the Uh, because he just had a, I just went to the Bahamas, but now I'm back. <laughs> oh, cuz cuz he has a 9 ERA. I get it.
1: No, no. His ERA is a 0. So he leads the major league, but he's only pitched like once or twice, twice, I believe.
0: Who has a nine I'm having trouble following along on this. Isaiah
1: report. has a nine point0 ERA. Isaiah who kind of falafa. Huh? and mm-hmm. Josh Rojas has a zero point0 ERA the best in baseball. You can't get any better than what Josh Rojas has done now he hasn't pitched as many innings as some of the other pitchers, but I think he's pitched two innings. that's a good sample size
0: <laughs> I get it now, sorry. Uh, But, yes, I am back. All right, 808-296-1420. You can call in or you can uh, text in to the Zephyr Insurance uh, text line.
1: And uh, one thing I also wanted to bring up, we mentioned this in the first hour, but if you guys haven't heard, Draymond Green in the NBA for Golden State, of course, he declined his player option. $27.5 million wasn't enough, and he is a free agent. Now, July 1st is when free agency starts. Just like football, like the NBA has done, you can negotiate, and we'll hear a ton of signings on July 1st and 2nd. They can't become official until July 7th. Uh, But Draymond Green, now a free agent, and the first team I think we should look at to take him, the L.A. Lakers, he is really good friends with LeBron. They share the same agent, I believe, in Rich Paul. They work for the same marketing company, I guess, which is uh, uh, part of Chris Paul and Maverick Carter and all those guys, and they get along really well. They, they've been you know, on the court a few years ago. They had some battles, but there's been talk that Draymond Green might join them. He owns a house in LA, which was robbed mm. during the Super Bowl when the Rams won a couple of years ago, but he already mm. has a house there. Good terms with LeBron. They need a a player like him. Again, it's a matter of can they work out the contract, but I would keep my eyes on the Lakers getting Draymond Green. Where else can you see Draymond Green playing at this stage of his career and being an impact player? I mean, not that he's washed up at all, but, I mean, he's a perfect fit for Golden State. He's not much of an offensive threat these days. So if you go to the Lakers, you don't really need to be an offensive threat. You need to do what, you know – LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't as good at Well, Anthony Davis is a good defender, but you can be that kind of a player and fit in perfectly there.
0: Well, what happened to LeBron? LeBron used to be a great defender. He's on the all-defensive team and that
1: kind of thing. I don't think he's bad. I I just think, again, with age, even though he's still statistically pretty pretty good, to say the least, I I don't think that's his strength anymore. I remember the Lakers uh, have had a pretty bad defensive team the last few years. There have been times when LeBron, I don't want to say quit, but there have been plays, and I've seen him on Sports Center and other places, where he's just not giving it all on defense. Maybe just saving his body a little mm. bit. But, you know, that's not his strength like it might have been. Anthony Davis went mm. healthy. Great defender, rim protector, rebounder. But Draymond Green would be a great addition for them. I mean, you have mm. uh, uh, Rui Hachimura coming off the bench or Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And you start mm-hmm. LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Draymond Green. Not a bad front court.
0: Yeah. Very good. Okay, it's quarter to nine here. And uh, I want to let you know, oh, remember, uh, check out our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com, Athletes, with a capital Eats, uh, features Cole Mausoff, our guy, and uh, this uh, this month he's uh, sitting down with former Rainbow Warrior volleyball player, Kana'i Akana, and they're having some grinds at Asahi Grill. So check it out for some entertaining sports talk, and it's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Hawaii's best bank.
1: I hope everybody had a very happy Father's Day yesterday. And I know Chris Hart's goal on his birthday and on Father's Day, and basically Monday through Saturday, leave alone. Is to be left alone. alone. Yes, <laughs> we know Chris that well. But this is kind of a sad story for a Major League Baseball player, and I hope it does have a happier outcome in the near future. They had a pitcher, uh, player, excuse me, Charlie Culberson. And he was yesterday supposed to be in the lineup, and for being Father's Day, his father was going to throw out the first pitch to Charlie. Oh, he's an infielder uh-huh. for the team. They were playing at home yesterday, and it was a great deal. Father's Day, you have your dad throw out the first pitch. That's got to be uh-huh. like a you know a, a dream a come special. true to many people. Yeah. however, Right, well, I don't know, right before the game, yesterday at some point before the game, the plans had to be changed because the Atlanta Braves, those evil, evil, evil people there, they uh, DFA'd him, designated for assignment, Culberson, they needed a catcher on their roster, some guy named Chadwick Trump. Not Trump. Trump. Mm-hmm. So for whatever reason, they needed a catcher. So they basically put him on waivers. And he's not on the roster, so obviously your dad's not going to throw out the first pitch. I mean, your dad's there. I don't know how far away they live or if anything. Still, whether he lives there or not, he's there to throw out the first pitch. And your son is not on the team anymore. That mm-hmm. has got to be said. Now, it was really bad for the Culberson household. However, another however, uh, for a guy named Michael Harris II, He's an outfielder for the Braves. Well, he was a beneficiary of this because his father was there and Harris's father got to throw out the first pitch yesterday. And it must have worked because Michael Harris the second went 5-for-5 five five in the game yesterday. Now, Culberson, the initial player to get his father to throw out the first pitch, he's from Georgia. He's 34 years old. He got called up almost a month ago and he hadn't played in a game at all. So I mean, he has played in the majors before, uh, not since 2020. But still, I felt bad for him. that's kind of a. I mean, I know it's a business and it's all about winning, and sometimes you got to do things like that. I still, know. can you wait a
0: day? I guess not. I mean, it's yeah. You, as much as it, it it really sucks. I mean, you got to just stick to the plan, right? No matter what. I mean, yes. your job as GM isn't to be is really to okay. You know what? It's um, – it, your whole plan is to make this baseball team the best it can be. I mean, if you leave him on and something happens and you lose a couple of games because you want to be nice and you miss the playoffs, eh, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> you're totally I'm sure, right. I'm sure he felt horrible. Yeah, I bet
1: they did. The thing is, to me – and you're what well, you said I agree with, I mean, totally. But the thing is, to me, there was probably little chance of him playing anyway. Mm. And the catcher they brought up, Trump didn't play yesterday. I think it was just a backup catcher in case of an injury or something. Oh. It's just—I mean, you're right. I mean, it has to be done in the best interest of the team and in winning. And you can't worry about those other things. Your priority is to put the best team on the field and all that. It's just too bad it happened. Happened had to happen at all, and even worse that it had to happen on Father's Day. Yeah,
0: Hopefully and they can make up what? for it somehow. But also, with that being said, I mean, also, it's um. It's, um, you know, such a long season. You know, if you lose a game because of it. I didn't realize it wasn't like the guy wasn't even going to be, you know, he's like just a backup.
1: He wasn't a starter. No, right, right. Wow, that's
0: sad.
1: he had been on the team for a month, again, since May 19th, and he hasn't played at all. So at least you have your. I guess because he's from Georgia, it made sense to have his father. I'm assuming he's from Georgia. Still, I, again, I understand it, but I mean, it's just too bad it had to happen that way on that date. My hope—I'm not a Braves fan—but my hope is that maybe in September, if he's still in the Braves organization, they expand the rosters. Maybe they bring him back up to the major league team, and then have his dad throw out a first pitch to kind of make up for it.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Made me come full circle in a way, but it, I, that was—I right. was kind of tough to see. I felt bad for him.
0: Yeah, well, let's go back to a, a feel-good story then. Okay. And the feel-good story of the weekend is Wyndham Clark winning. I mean, ten—you know—the first couple of days it was like, actually, the first couple of days was it? It was um, Ricky Fowler, and was it Xander Shoffley? It's like they were playing like a different course than everybody else, and then guys started to catch up uh, on moving day which is usually the Saturday. They call that moving day. If I'm remembering correctly and I might not be. It wasn't as much of a moving day as Sunday was for some of these guys. Not necessarily to win, although Wyndham Clark was uh, up there, but I mean the last day, what did he finish with? Uh like 1 under par for the day or something? No, he was minus 10. I thought I think he was even. For the day. He was day. even
1: yesterday. He was even. Him and Rory so, were both even yesterday.
0: Wow. And, and so Schepler. And so that's what you have. It was, uh, it was a little tougher. It was a little tougher for these guys uh, on that fourth day. But um, it was such a tough golf course. But that's sometimes how you do it. It's, it's, it's how much you, how many, the, the person with the least mistakes is going to win when you're playing at a U.S. Open because the golf courses are so, so, so hard. Now you had a couple of guys make runs, but that was to get into the top ten or top five. Not to uh, really challenge these guys. It was certainly sad for Ricky Fowler and Rory McIlroy, but um, you know it was so happy for a guy like Wyndham Clark. Now, if it was the other way around and Rory McIlroy really started to collapse around this, well, he started off with it. It was just a bad day all around for Ricky Fowler, and I thought that he started to press a little bit around the eighth hole, a lot of where he was going, going for well, he was going for home runs uh when i think he should have been still batting singles you know what i mean he was taking some chances i thought that he didn't need to take to now i'm no expert but i'm thinking he took some chances early where he could have waited and hopefully some of these guys would come back to the pack right and you're just now it didn't happen so it ended up being the right thing to do in hindsight but um i would have been so happy for ricky fowler to win you know this was a guy that was kind of a playboy always been a great guy great to the media great to the fans great in his community, and that's why he's so popular. And, uh, you know, he was a single guy for a long time, and then he got married and he has children, and he's a different guy than he used to be. Um, but he really got caught up a lot, I guess, on the peripheral things in, that you get with being a professional golfer. You know, I mean, you see him on all kinds of commercials for beers or clubs or whatever. Uh, he's on it. And then he uh, finally made the decision, you know what? I'm tired of losing. I've been losing for five or six years. I don't get back and he's done great this year. He seems to always be in a top ten. And it would have been great to see him win this. But like you said earlier, it was nice to see his reaction uh, when he didn't win. He was just he was polite and said, You know yeah, what? I came yeah. close. I'm sure he went home and he's devastated. I mean, but it's tough. It's tough to lead something like the US Open from wire to wire for four days straight but he did it for three over, five right. over in the final round yeah he did it for one but it was a great story and a life-changing moment for Wyndham Clark um you know to finally start winning a guy who's just been who's just been just suffering still today still mourning his mom's death from 10 years ago he's still mourning and it was great to see though and that's what we love about golf we root for our heroes but also at the same time, here's a guy that had a life-changing day, and we celebrate Wyndham Clark today. I wonder how, wonder how he's feeling today. I wonder what he's doing. Anyway, that's all the time we have. Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy he is coming up at noon. Off the bench with uh, uh, Hunter Hughes and Josh Pacheco at 3 o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow.